Hello, friends, and welcome to Judgment, the ultimate movie ranking podcast. Here, we enter films into a competition-style showdown, then discuss, rank, and rate before offering our final judgment on what should move forward in our tournament of champions. This season, we have chosen our favorite horror films to face off. Today, we will be discussing Alien vs. Sleepaway Camp. Fair warning, we will be discussing these movies in depth, so spoilers ahead. Now let's have some fun. Enjoy. So, uh, yeah, I'm here with Andrew and Jill as usual. I am Blaine. So let's just get into it and we'll um, start talking about Alien first, I guess. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I'm Jill. And <laughs> I'm Andrew. There we go. All right. Good to see you guys. So, Alien is your movie, Blaine. Yeah, yeah. so Alien, I did nominate Alien. Um, so, well, I guess we'll just go into like a brief overview of Alien. Sure. So, the premise of Alien is there is a crew of uh, seven, seven or eight people. Seven. On a deep space trip i believe they were on a mining expedition they were coming back and they were awoken from their hibernation sleep by the artificial intelligence which picked up a some sort of signal so they go investigate the signal on some planet or moon that they landed on and then homie gets a creature stuck to his face, and they bring him back on the ship, and then all hell breaks loose, and basically everyone dies. Spoiler alert, by the way. Uh, and, and that's pretty much the gist, and then it's just them on the ship fighting this alien, and um, anything else to add, guys? I think his name was Kane, the original, the guy that had homie stuck on his face. Yes, yes. Kane. Yes. Um, Yeah. I mean, hey, that sums it up. That's a, yeah, so (laughs) that's the Cliff Notes version of Alien. Uh, I enjoy it. Quite a Cliff Note. Yeah, quite the Cliff Note. Um, Jill, anything else to add to the overview? Not to the overview. (laughs) No. Uh, Not, okay, okay. Um, That's the whole movie. Would you like that... Would you like me to start with some notes that I made? Yeah, well, first off, let's just get oh. our um, our quick impressions. Oh. Like, I obviously, I enjoyed the movie. You know, I nominated, I, I liked the movie. Uh, so it's not surprising that I enjoyed it again. So uh, I'm giving it a thumbs up. Oh, Jill, oh. Is that um, our scoring okay. it's not our scoring. That's the unofficial. <laughs> that's the unofficial thumbs up. Just the before we go into any specific breakdown, just our overall feeling about the movie. All right, Jill. I'm gonna give it two thumbs down. <laughs> oh, well, damn. damn. Okay. I did not enjoy this uh, movie. <laughs> okay, well we we will break that down a little uh, sure. further. Andrew, I gotta say. I've seen Alien numerous times, and I still enjoy this movie. It's, to me, holds up pretty well. For a movie made in 1979, it looks 
really fresh as far as everything goes, I say. But overall, enjoyable movie. Overall. Okay, well, that, that's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. I do think we got to take the 1979 thing into account while we're, we're breaking this thing down. I'm 100% taking the 1979 thing. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't account. feel like that was Jill's biggest problem. <laughs> no. I don't feel like that was it. We're going to okay, compare well, it to other movies made in the 70s that I enjoy. That's true. That's true. Well, I'm anxious to get into uh, your really deep thoughts and feelings about the movie. Uh, Andrew, you said you had some questions and notes that you took during the viewing. Let's, let's, so, get, yeah. let's get to those. So, just a couple of notes I made. So, first I said, uh, I actually have never watched these opening credits. Um, I thought they did a decent job there. Um, I love the movie logo. It's just where I was there. Um, also, and I guess we could talk about this. Did you notice that Tom Skerritt got top billing over Sigourney Weaver? I honestly didn't. Uh, pay that much attention God to the billing. It. Okay. You're going real deep, but <laughs> Sigourney Weaver was relatively young in this movie. So I think this was one of her first movies, but also, if you think about it, she, I honestly don't know what either of them did before this, and nor did I do the research, um, but it did, if you think about 1979 context, they really went out of their way to make it seem like Tom Skerritt was going to be the hero here. Like, Dallas, like, give him top billing. You know, he's the captain of the ship. Mm. And then you have the relatively unknown Sigourney Weaver. I mean, anybody now has seen, knows that Sigourney Weaver is the... Uh, yes. Is the quintessential hero of all this. But 1979... So, I, I get what you're saying here. Yeah. That. That can eat, again, spoiler alerts, if you haven't seen the movie, uh, what are you doing? We could probably put like a warning yeah. at the beginning of this. That's true. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, what you're saying is, people going to the theater in 1979 probably expected Tom Skerritt to make it all the way through, and then bam. Yeah. Cause that's a surprise. That's going to yeah. catch you off guard. A lot, yeah. And think about it, Sigourney Weaver is the only person that survives yeah, and a cat. I have to, I have so much about that cat. Yeah. Um, anyway, but yeah. So thinking about that, I was like, you know, that was pretty. That was a pretty cool little add-in for me. I enjoyed that little feature. And I mean, think about it. If you think about the first part of that movie, Sigourney Weaver doesn't play that big a part in it. It's all about Tom Skerritt. And just throwing this out there, where does all the cigarette smoke go on that ship? Because it has, I mean, they are hitting them as hard as they can on that shit. Um, so that was my first thing. I really love that the movie plays you a little bit on that level. But again, I if you, unless you were born like last week, um, you know that Sigourney Weaver is the movie Alien franchise. It's, but in 1979, I'm sure this was quite the surprise to people. That's a great point. Great point. I think that is a plus in the alien category. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm just saying. Or is it a negative that the star 
of the movie didn't get top billing because she's a woman. They gave it to a man instead. But maybe that was Maybe that's to, from 1979 sexism. Maybe, <laughs> but you can't, you can't say that because they ultimately did make her a badass. And that's an er, 1979, that's early <laughs> for a female to be the badass lone survivor of a movie. Do I wonder you how think... much she got paid in comparison to him. Oh, oh you're going you're going deep. <laughs> Here's a question. Do you think that guys were pissed about this in 1979? There had to be a few real assholes were like, fuck this movie. Like, what? Fucking Dallas would have made it. <laughs> like, <laughs> Dallas would have made it. They don't even know who Tom Skerritt is. By the way, since we're talking about Tom Skerritt, 46 when this movie was made. I think he looked great. I thought he did good for 46. I think he looked great. Um, Sigourney Weaver, 13. 13. <laughs> 13, wow. Wow. Who knew? Who knew? I really didn't look at Sigourney Weaver's age. But one thing I did, when I saw Tom Skerritt, I was like, huh. How old was he? And 40 fucking six. I mean, he was almost 50 years old in 1979, which makes him 88 now. Now... I don't want you to think I just did that math because I'm not that good. I did it on my calculator. But yeah, that means he's 88. Okay, so we've addressed Tom Skerritt's age and uh, Sigourney Weaver's perhaps adolescence in the movie. <laughs> um, I mean, a very young Sigourney Weaver, but I don't feel like she's aged too terribly. No, the bitch is held up. Held up, that's for sure. Held up. So, as far as, let's, let's go into breaking down the movie and kind of starting to get into the rating process of this okay, movie. Okay, okay. Um, Can I bring up one more yes, fun fact? Yes, Again, I'm still stuck on these credits. Um, I did notice in the credit scene that this movie was written by a Mr. Dan O'Bannon. Now, that might not mean much, but he does uh, appear on our list later on down the road. He was the writer for Return of the Living Dead. Huh. And I mean two totally different movies. Dan O'Bannon. Double dipping on our double list. Double dipping on the list. Wow. I Good for Dan. Yeah. Good for Dan. Yeah, and, these, and trust me, they... It's not as serious in <laughs> the Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. All right. So, yes, back to what you were saying. Okay. So, I mean, we have a, a couple different things that we could talk about. Um, I think that this movie has a, a just a great scenery, I think. Uh, I think the camera work... Really gets you kind of claustrophobic, mm -hmm. and everything in space is scary because everything's so far away. This is this is gonna make me sound psychotic. Yeah, I find something so comforting about space. Uh, what? Like in that what? ship? Like I could live in that ship and be perfectly okay. That is completely psychotic. That is. Very I I was like, how peaceful is this? I mean, if the alien wasn't there, this would have been like. The ultimate vacation movie for me. 
Well, just sleeping in hibernation. I mean, there's that. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, take away that fucking cat, too. I don't need that in my life. But yeah. otherwise, I was like, oh, how peaceful. See, that is not how I feel about space. <laughs> because if something goes wrong, you're not near anything. I mean, really, anything could go wrong here, you know? Yeah, but if, if something bad happens here, you can go somewhere. I mean, that's fine. We can agree to disagree. <laughs> I still find it. So, personally, I'm going to I'm going to put the space factor, okay, as a scare heightening element. Okay. In the movie. Sure. Jill, would you agree that being in space makes the premise a little scarier? I guess. I would agree with that cuz space makes me deeply uncomfortable. But I think it's interesting that you bring up the camera work because I don't think it's good. <laughs> okay. The, the whole scenery, to me, it was too dark. I couldn't see anything that was happening. Yeah, but that's that goes to heighten the suspense. No, it's not that I couldn't see what was happening in the background, and it's kind of scary. I, I don't know how anybody died. This is the most fun I've had in a long time. How? <laughs> you couldn't Watching even tell? This. How did the xenomorph... Kill them. Well, that's what it's the unknown that makes it so scary. Is it the no. little mouth? No. Is it the big mouth? See of the alien. That's my issue. This is not what I'm looking for in a slasher film or in a scary movie. <laughs> I'm looking for that the death scene. The creative death scene. I don't even know how they died. I don't know how they died. Mm. Did that tiny uh, mouth bite them directly in the heart every single time? <laughs> Is that how they died? Is that the ultimate cause of death? Is it always bleeding out? Sometimes they just disappear. I will say, there is a point to be made there. What did happen to the bodies? (laughs) Did it eat? Because I feel like, and I know we're jumping into another movie, you see what happens to the bodies in Aliens, but not necessarily in this one. I stand by the fact that I don't know the cause of death. For any of these characters, except for the one who had the thing, the tentacle straight down his throat. Yeah, that one was pretty clear. That busted straight out of his chest. Yeah, I get what happened to him-ish, I guess. (laughs) But it also never explains how it goes from this tiny octopus thing into the xenomorph. Are these... That's the baby, obviously, I guess. But, like, at what point? What is this... What is the life cycle? Did it start off as the little baby alien and now it's the xenomorph? Yeah. It matured like that in a matter of hours? In in the Alien movies, um, the Xenomorph does this really magical shit where it goes from that small thing to a fully formed human thing. It's... It is strange, but that uh, it is how it's done. It goes from that to... Apparently an eight foot tall fucking... Um... Very sweaty. <laughs> I, that was a question I had. My, one of my things I wrote down was, is this drool or is this a sinus infection? I couldn't really tell. Because <laughs> it looked mucusy very, to me. Yeah, the xenomorph is a very wet creature. Yes. Uh, very moist. Uh, but how did you guys feel about... The shaky camera where it kind of found footage element when they went down to check out the signal. 
I thought mm. that was a very early use of that kind of. I'm gonna be honest. I don't remember that necessarily of that portion of it. I believe you. It was there. But okay. Yeah. Well, I, just I know don't what you're talking about. Maybe it wasn't as impactful. <laughs> it's an interesting concept that they thought to use it. So sure, but I still couldn't see anything from it at any point. And we can just say, you know, yeah, there are dogs here, folks. You might hear those. Mm -hmm. That's fine. This is still a lovely conversation. I love watching you two argue. They're just—they're being tortured in the background. <laughs> okay, we need to—we need—we need to. We need to <laughs> they're eating by Xenomorph. We need to reel it in. Oh, okay, we, we have some <laughs> some categories that we need to go okay. to correct when we're doing our kind of assessment here. So, the first we want to talk about is our scare scale. Uh, you know, basically, how scary was the movie? Did it rely on jump scares or disturbing, kind of creepy scares? Um, so, just from a scare factor, how do you guys feel about Alien? I will say this: the one again, I've seen this movie before, so I kind of know where things are. But the one thing that really got me this time. And it wasn't even the fucking alien. It was when Sigourney Weaver leans back and Ash is just fucking sitting there like a creep. Do you remember that part? Yeah. That, I was like, oh, shit. But that for me was a, I mean, as far as, wow, I'm, that got me. Not so much jump scares. Again, like we were talking about before, I think it's just the idea of being stuck on something you can't get away from with a alien. I mean, that is... Yeah. White that yeah. wants to kill you, frankly. And I think maybe because you've seen it before, it's kind of hard to judge the scare. Like, if you uh, think sure, about sure. you being in the movie theater in 1979 okay. and seeing the chest bust. Oh, okay. So, would that since have we're talking about that <laughs> affected you in any way? I think that is the most iconic, one of the most iconic things in film is when that thing goes out of that fucking chest. And what I love is that they're trying to like it's utter chaos when the thing first makes a pulsate and they all stop and kind of stare at it. That to me was super real. Like that felt great. But I mean. Again, like you said, I've seen it before. So yep. it, it's, you know, does it scare me? No. But I imagine in 1979, that was probably like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a <laughs> what the fuck moment. I think yep. we could give that a what the fuck star. Um, and then there's... Go ahead, Jill. I, first of all... Uh-oh. Don't think there were any jump scares in this movie, including the chest burst. And even though I've never seen Alien before... It is my first time. Did not mm -hmm. find that scary. Just more so gross. That's this movie is just gross. Like <laughs> the xenomorph is gross. It just the drool, everything. But I'm okay. also not gonna go back through every movie and imagine what, what it was like in 1979. Okay. If it doesn't That's hold fair. up, it doesn't hold up. That's fair. Now. There are a couple of moments where the xenomorph is just kind of, you get the camera pan and there it is just lurking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so that, nothing, none of that gotcha. <laughs> is Jill. it just me? Because I 
<laughs> couldn't see it. <laughs> but there, sim- I know similar, that it's supposed to be lurking. Similar to a movie, another movie we're going to break down, Jaws. I think a lot of the fear and scariness comes from the fact that you can't really see it. I think that's a... Okay, so you're saying... I think that's an... The absence of a monster... Is almost as scary as the monster itself. And I think that's uh a very uh deliberate thing that Ridley Scott did. And probably took a lot of influence from Jaws, if I could gather. Maybe. Just by showing those little glimpses of it. That one time where it flashes in the light right before Dallas dies. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you're just seeing it for a second. So you don't even really know what it is that's hunting these people yeah that's a problem for me okay so jill needs you want to see that shit (laughs) the thing is is that i don't think that you can fully compare it to jaws in that way because all the times you couldn't see jaws you were watching from his perspective so you still knew where he was and what was going on Okay. In addition, the score helped Jaws Mm. tremendously. John Williams killed it. All right. Well, that's one of the most iconic scores. (laughs) Uh, Exactly. I, I, you know, I think the the sound design in Alien was great. I think that there are ways to do the unseen monster in a better, especially considering this unseen monster is not a creature that already exists. You know what a shark looks like. So even if you can't see it, you have an image of it in your head. When you see the flashes of Alien, you're like, what? I, there's just so much going on. It's like there's four mouths. It's sweaty. <laughs> Where are its eyes? Is that it's like a kind of like a cockroach looking? What is it? I need the full picture. Can So a little background on the Alien, just because I... Unfortunately, have all this useless knowledge, but the alien was designed by H.R. Geiger. And if you, I watched a documentary about H.R. Geiger, and honestly, that's the only reason I know this. He designed it, but I think there was some financial shit that he didn't get for it, but he was real pissed about it later in his life. But if you look up an H.R. Geiger, and I would suggest everybody do this, it is like, like all of it kind of looks like a xenomorph. <laughs> And they're, like, fucking each other. That's all I can... Like, it's a bunch of xenomorphs look like they're fucking each other. It's pretty wild stuff. But... <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let's go Are back. Are saying he's got a bunch of art out there? Yes. Did okay. it come off like he just yes. had real he xenomorphs? He said, look oh. up H.R. Geiger and oh. it's just... A... H.R. Geiger looks just like a xenomorph <laughs> fucking other xenomorphs. Okay. Just okay. Yes. It's... He's a German fellow, and apparently he was real big in the psychedelic years. Okay. But, yeah, like, it showed his entire house, and literally his entire house was decorated as if it was, like, a fucking alien hive from the movie Aliens. It's... Okay. It was... Interesting. Very interesting. Um, But like I said, he was very pissed later in life that he really didn't benefit a whole lot financially for that. I mean... I mean... Don't get me wrong. That design... Wonderful. Amazing design. I mean, as far as creativity goes, at least it wasn't, you know, 
Because I'm trying to think of what aliens probably looked like in movies prior to that, and I'm sure it wasn't great. <laughs> sure wasn't good. Yeah, this is probably a, a big turn for our depiction of aliens. I mean, if I, I mean, if you think about those black and white sci-fi movies, I'm sure that this went above and beyond <laughs> as far as creature design goes. I do remember hearing something about this movie that they originally, when they were thinking about doing the monster. That they wanted to just put a monkey in a suit and let it kind of do its thing. <laughs> so I, that was like the original idea for this alien costume. I'm pretty sure that's what they thought to do in Predator as well. Really? But I digress. Do we, do we have <laughs> conflicting stories here? I don't know. Or d it could be possible that two people <laughs> were like, hey, let's get some You monkeys. know what's a great idea? Just a, just let's torture this monkey in a fucking suit <laughs> all day. Call it an alien. And see what it does. Let's see what this monkey does. I'm very glad they went the other route. Yeah. <laughs> but you brought up something that... Okay. I mentioned this in the previous episode. That there is one part in Alien that makes me laugh every time. Okay. Okay. I'm curious to know, Jill, what did you laugh at at this movie? I genuinely don't remember. I will tell Blaine you. Blaine has it in his mes I, memory. Oh. I was watching, I watched this movie with Jill. Yes. Uh-huh. And after the chest bursting scene and Kane is dead. And it scurries away? Well, no. Oh. No, no, no. Uh, they wrap his body and perform a funeral. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, and they yes dispose of a body in space. They <laughs> they they jettison they his shoot body. That goddamn body they just, out. <laughs> they, they just spit him out. They just they, spit him right out of the ship at they, the speed of light. And Jill, <laughs> no shit, laughed out loud for forty five seconds. I mean. <laughs> I I guess they were saying that it got sucked out, but it literally looked like a missile being fired. It, <laughs> it was did. so fast. It, it was supposed to be this dark I... emotional moment. <laughs> Pew. Yeah, how much do these people not really care about Kane at all? I mean, they brought him back on the ship, let him stay in that fucking infirmary with that thing on his face, and then just launched him out like nothing was happening. But I actually made a note of that because, not I mean, it is hilarious, don't get me wrong, but the note I made was, Okay, this alien just burst out of his chest and crawled and escaped, but we feel the need to go ahead and bury Kane and make this a thing? Like, that really confused me. I feel like the next thing you should probably do is find that goddamn alien that burst out of his chest, but who am I? Well, that's... They tried. I'm not... Hey, you didn't get to win me over. I liked this movie, but that's, I'm just saying, okay. this movie did have some interesting things, but that wasn't even what I always laughed at. Although funny, what I, it gets me every time, and I'm sure nobody else does, but when, when Dallas turns and the alien's there <laughs> and the alien yes. gives him the biggest ta-da arms, I, okay. I laugh yeah. every time. I saw it this time and I was like, that's not good. It, I mean, that's a strike against in my it's eyes. It's like he did a tap dance routine and was like, yeah. He was really reaching. <laughs> he did. Just arms out. I, it gets, and that's such a powerful moment because you that's when Dallas dies, but I end up laughing every yeah, if, fucking time. If there, there would have been a, um, a ta-da right there, I wouldn't have been surprised. Um, uh, yeah, I, yeah. 
I laughed on the inside because I didn't want her to know that I was laughing at it. Uh, but I also thought that was ridiculous. I didn't catch that, and that is going to be the only reason I ever go back and watch anything from this movie. It was... I mean, it's so quick because he, he's trying to escape, and they're like, it's coming for you. But the the joke is, I guess, is that, well, it's already like right there. You walk right into it. But when that fucker reaches out and just like, ta-da. <laughs> That gets me. I just love that yeah. part so much. And that's really the first time you know that the xenomorph has, like, human arms. And it, it yeah. kind of takes away from it for me. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yes. Um, so I, while we're talking about silly moments, mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was weird when ash who was the android <laughs> i know what you're uh, gonna say but go ahead attempted i guess i don't know what he was in it, to, from my perspective it looked like he was attempting to kill sigourney <laughs> weaver by shoving a rolled up magazine down her throat <laughs> i and, literally had to rewind it because i was like what is he doing and then when i saw it i was like Huh, well, that's a weird flex there, friend, that you're going to kill her with this magazine. That has to be the most ineffective method of murder, even of strangulation, because there's a hole inside of a rolled-up magazine. And and she has a nose. (laughs) There's that. Well, even if you get it far enough down in her windpipe to block mouth and nose, which is the goal... There's yeah. still a hole in the middle of the magazine. It's like shoving a snorkel down someone's Exactly. Yeah. So, like... And what was it? Was it going to be like? Well, I guess she fell down and fucking landed fit mouth first on his magazine. I like. Uh, yeah. What was his plan there? Yeah. So I I, I made a note of that because that mm. was quite odd to me. <laughs> um, um, there are actually two rolled up magazines in both of these movies, both of which come at a very interesting time. Wow. Well, yeah, but we'll get into that later. Um, what was another? So, I mean, that that moment where Ash goes crazy, that's kind of scary. And when he's doing, like, his little twirlies up against the wall. <laughs> yes. That's a little scary. Was that not scary to you, Jill? I... Okay, obviously okay. not. Um, well, well, first of gonna... all... <laughs> what... Please elaborate, In what Jill? world is it necessary in a movie entitled Alien to bring in an evil robot? Like... Why? He could have just as easily been a human mm-hmm. who had the corporation's best interest in mind and was still kind of that evil human. Why did he didn't need to be an android? There was no reason for that. He didn't need to be a robot. I mean, I don't disagree with you. I'm I wonder if it was we need to make this a little more sci-fi. Like let's add a robot. Well, also, when you think about it, humans have a lot more uh discretion or like but that's what would have made him scarier if he Mm -hmm. were a human and he's making all these conscious choices on behalf of a corporation or his own materialistic gain and he's willing to murder Sigourney on behalf of this Ash isn't as scary because he's just a robot doing what he's been told to do he's not inherently evil but he has no fear of anything he's got nothing to lose because he's a robot so it would be, it's more believable that he would be okay with this alien running around the ship. Okay. Maybe from a perspective that 
well, it can't really hurt him, I guess. Yeah. You know, it's not going to see... I, I mean, again, no one ever goes either way to explain if the Xenomorph just wants to kill any living thing. Because if that's true, wouldn't it kill that fucking cat? I think it wanted to kill the cat. And this is also an issue for me in this movie, mm-hmm. I guess, is uh-huh. that there's not really a villain. Because hmm. can you consider the alien a villain when we don't know its motive? It could just be an animal. You know? Who's just killing because it doesn't know any better. Maybe it's just hungry. Well, same you thing don't with Jaws. Ash is not really a villain because he's a robot. He's just doing what he's told to do. I... To bring up another just incredible <laughs> horror movie that didn't mm-hmm. make this list, there's always got to be a John Voight in your anaconda. You know? Oh. Someone who's pushing it. Who is inherently evil. It's I mean, not the snake that's evil. It's John Boyd. I think it's... I think we should go ahead and just call Anaconda the greatest horror movie of all time. <laughs> I mean... End it now. What are we doing? <laughs> Greed is the villain in Alien. You know, I was going to say, this is very much a evil corporation that wants this goddamn alien. And I think it would have mm-hmm. been more interesting if that evil corporation's interests were upheld by a person. Because you can tie that back to real life. Well... Ash is an extension of the people that head the corporation. I still think it's more interesting to give. Well, them we're, an we're getting too we're getting I, too deep into the semantics. I think we should get deeper and, <laughs> and theology behind this. Well, can I just add one thing to more to Jill's point? In all fairness, I do. Like I said, love this movie, <laughs> love it. I'll watch it again. But in all fairness, in part two of this movie, which is known as Alien. Paul Reiser's a human, and he is equivocally the new Ash. You know what I mean? Like, he's there on behalf of the corporation. He lets all those people die because he's trying to get the same alien back. Jillian has not seen aliens. I, so I this I is know. falling on deaf ears. I will not see aliens. <laughs> I don't need a follow-up to this movie. If, it's, if a, it makes, it's a completely different If it makes different any feel. difference, they don't pose it as a horror movie at all they put it's it's an action side it is 100 an action movie <laughs> the next go around i will raise one more point about ash and then i'll let it go why was he filled with milk hmm. that was very frustrating i'm not me. sure it was milk <laughs> it was milk I, I mean it was a milky substance and i don't understand why it was unnecessary uh and I mean, they carry that to the next one, too. They stick with the milk. They stick with all robots are full of milk. Because okay. when they kill... What's, what's his name? Oh, God. I can't believe I forgot. I don't know. Wait, wait, wait. It's Lance Hendrickson plays the robot in the next one. What? Oh, God. I'm sure people are fucking angry. We can't figure this out. Um, That's okay. We're not talking about that one. Okay. I'll, so I'll we, we, get a, we get a pass. Uh, I will say, since we're talking about the milk, the prosthetic head after the decapitation oh. was so fake. <laughs> and then when they swapped to his actual head, it, I was a little it disappointed. It, it leaves you wanting a little more crispness on the special effects. but I'm sure they spent all their money on that goddamn Xenomorph suit. They were like, look, whatever you can do. Well, they stole it from HR or whatever his name was. (laughs) HR. HR Geiger. uh, (laughs) um, Okay, so just to recap. All right. Scare scale, Jill gives it. Oh. 
who nothing. You're just gonna decide a score for me? No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm saying <laughs> you found it not scary at all. I give it a three. Out, out of five? Out of, out of ten. Out of ten. Oh, okay. So Okay, we'll do it out of ten. Okay. I'm oh. sorry. If we're doing it out of five, then it's one and a half. Out of five <laughs> on the scare scale. So basically you're just saying not scary. I did not find it scary. No jumps for you. Yeah. No creepiness for you. No. Okay. Nothing really suspenseful or disturbing or creepy. We're, we're gonna get to suspense next. Because oh, I think that's slightly different than Scare. Jill, we're jumping ahead on this thing that we know nothing about. <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> My score? Oh. From a scare perspective. I mean, given the movies that are on this list, it, we have... This is probably a one for me, dog. Like, that's... Okay. I mean... I, I mean... This movie doesn't scare me as much as I'm like, oh, that could... Yeah, this probably scared people. That's more the way I look at it. Okay. I, I don't think this movie is particularly scary either, which is probably why I like it. Because I do not like scary movies. <laughs> I mean, uh, for someone who doesn't like scary movies, this seems up your alley. Yeah. But I think it carries a lot of its whatever deficiencies, deficiencies it has in scary in our next category, which is suspense. I think... The movie does a great job of building suspense by some of the things that Jill talked about, by not showing everything, by keeping the lights dark, by only showing little flashes of the creature, and just being in fucking space. I think it builds a lot of suspense. Hmm. I would say it's definitely more of a suspenseful movie than... A horror movie. Okay. What are your thoughts on the suspense? Uh, let me say this. The last maybe 10, 15 minutes of that movie where she's trying to get into the escape pod, mm -hmm. I found that very suspenseful and stressful. I, 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 as far as that goes, I give it some pretty high points. Okay. Um, okay. As far as that goes. I, th I mean, because even knowing how this fucking movie goes and ends... I was still like, oh, hurry up and get the goddamn fuck the cat. Why are you going back to the cat? That made me very angry. I agree. The The last dash where she kept running back for the cat. And, and oh. I think suspense and horror sometimes go hand in hand because it does create that anxiety inside of you. Oh. And I think that's what you look for in a scary movie is the you know that kind of effect it has on you. Okay. So, which is that's part of the reason why I nominated this movie. Jill, what are your thoughts on the suspense? I did not feel stressed at any point in this movie. <laughs> Damn. I at no point had an elevated heart rate. At no point was I like, oh my god, what is gonna happen? Okay. At every <laughs> single point. <laughs> I will say the only part that kind of got me was when it's on her little individual getaway ship and it's just like laying on a shelf tucked away <laughs> but like also why why was it doing that if it was in that close of proximity Jill, to her i you bring up the greatest point because 
I feel the exact same way. It's an eight-foot-tall, quadruple-mouthed monster. Why is it hiding from her to try to catch her off guard? Uh, maybe it was tired. Oh. I was taking a nap. Well, that's a new look on it, I guess. Maybe it was in love It didn't there. seem to be tired the whole movie, but right there it was, the It's end. a newborn. <laughs> yeah, Jill, duh. It's, it's okay. not a newborn. We saw it in its newborn. It's in its, at least its adolescence at this point. <laughs> so, Jill, what you're saying is, is that you were on the edge of your seat. <laughs> so, shit, like, biting your fingernails. Jill could have been watching Toy Story. <laughs> that's... <laughs> That's about the level of uh, <clears throat> horror credit I think you're giving this movie. It did feel more like an action than a horror. Okay. By all means. It felt like a sci-fi action. It did not feel like a horror movie in any way to me. Okay. Okay. So, well, let's move on to our next category. I mean, we didn't... <laughs> our, our rating system went off the edge. What, do we, what were we going to rate this? <laughs> I don't think we have like a hard number rating oh, okay. system. Just kind of like our general. Well, I would like to give a number. Okay, five. yeah, give it. A number. I would say overall, suspense wise, suspense wise, I would give it a four. What? I, I would agree. I would give it. A I four. would agree with a four. I hard one. It's in. <laughs> it's in space. <laughs> okay, now you're losing me. I okay. might drop my leg because. All right. As I've mentioned. That was the least scary part for me because I was like, well, this you, seems like yeah. paradise. I also don't <laughs> feel like they covered enough ground in the area of like, hey, we've always known that aliens exist. This We just don't know exactly what this species is. Or did they have no idea that aliens even existed? I don't think they knew. They didn't seem that surprised to have come upon this life and the interference, whatever it is that the AI picked up. No one seemed that surprised. Um, I mean, sure. They definitely didn't take, I mean, this goes back to Kane, but Kane took no caution when getting toward that egg. I mean, Zero. He touched it. I mean, sure. he it opened, which would be enough for me to be like, whoop, gotta go. But it opened and he looked inside of it. <laughs> That's what blows my mind. Like, men are going to look inside holes. To Amen, me, right? <laughs> when they were doing that whole discovery, that to me that made it seem like the whole mission was to recover these aliens. Like what why were they does it explain why they're in space? Was I just not paying attention? You were not paying attention. Okay, so we do know why they're in space. They are minors. Yes. Okay. I don't know what their age has to change. <laughs> <laughs> you were a little concerned about that for a second. What how old are these people? Okay, Did so they attend college? <laughs> four for suspense. Jill, Jill give it one. one. I'll, I'll agree with the four. I think, given the circumstances, when you see some pop out, if I was on a cruise ship and uh, a Pomeranian oh, popped out of someone's chest, you said screw cruise ship, and I gave that an immediate five for horror. <laughs> that is cruise ship five for horror. Yeah. Deep space for Andrew. <laughs> Deep Space for Andrew, Paradise. Paradise. <laughs> okay, so let's just let's move on to acting skills. I know that's not okay. directly tied to how scary a movie is, but it, when you're the overall enjoyment of the movie can can sometimes be tied to the acting skills. So I think it's important to look at that as well. I gotta tell you, 
they had some heavy hitters on this movie. Because if you think about it, you got Tom Skerritt, which does a good job. Sigourney Weaver, which I hold in the highest regard for most things she does. Um, you have... Uh, is it Hoppet Koto or Hoppet Koto? I know he's the villain in Live and Let Die, James Bond movie. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, looks younger in this, yet it's a later movie. But regardless, you have Harry Dean Stanton as the other engineer guy whose name I can't remember. First one to die. Well, I guess after Kane. And then you got, uh, oh shit, what's his name? Bilbo Baggins. Well, Ash. there's Bilbo Baggins. Yeah, yeah, Ash, Ash is, is Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins. And then, God knows, I can't remember his name now, but the uh, bad guy from V from Vendetta. I can't. Whoever Kane was in real life, I forget his name. Oh, I don't know. Okay. But yeah. Thanks the, for the update. But I think the, I don't know. <laughs> I think the, the <laughs> acting on this, I, I mean, this is a group of good actors. I think they're good. They did a good job, I think. I will say I liked everyone except for the other woman <gasps> who. Jill. Who? Like what? <laughs> the, she was just No feminism awful. here. Just her. <laughs> The screams, the complete uselessness. Just... But were they good screams? No. That was, no. So that was Miss Veronica Cartwright. I wrote in my notes, the, the literal note, Veronica Cartwright never disappoints. <laughs> <laughs> that was my note oh, for her. I was like, great. she is... I, I mean, if you would have told me she busted a blood vessel in this movie, I would have been like, yep, I get it. She is out. freaking the fuck out. She also plays in another one of my one of my all-time favorite movies, which is The Witches of Eastwick. She plays this really overzealous religious lady, and I think in the middle of church, she gets up and just starts screaming whores. It's really a performance, and... I love her. I think again, I love Veronica Cartwright. I mean, I love her in this movie. All right. So, out of five acting skills, Jillian, three, I guess. All I right. Mean, it's fair. It's middle of the I was not her especially blown away or underwhelmed by anyone's acting. No, I, I think that's fair. Okay. I think I can go maybe three and a half. Okay. This is going to blow your way. I say five out of five. Oh, shit. All right. As far as, I mean, listen, I don't think it, I mean, you got to think about it. These people were having a lot to do here, and I thought they did okay doing it. Well, well, well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, we different strokes, different folks. That, yeah. <laughs> All right, and then you know, let's let's. How do we feel overall about the plot of the movie? Uh, Jill, you first. <laughs> I, yeah, Jill's been just giving us really good feedback so far. Yes. So the plot. I take issue with the plot, just about as much as everything else that no, I take issue no with. No way. I don't think. <laughs> First of all, I don't think it's explained well enough whether or not they know that there are aliens. They pick up this interference <laughs> and they're completely unequipped to go see what this interference is. 
two of the people on the ship are just constantly complaining about what they do and don't get paid to do and how underpaid they are. What are they on a spaceship making minimum wage? Who are these guys? Jill wants a full-page dossier on what has happened up until <laughs> <Yes>. this point. <laughs> I, need to, I need to understand where their heads are at. How I long don't. are they in space? Does minimum yes. wage change? <laughs> yes. Uh, these two guys are really underpaid, they say. They, want they are constantly complaining about how underpaid they are. So what? And they do do a lot. Like They had to fix that fucking ship. I They're mean, in outer space. Oh. Like, oh my I mean, God. They, I mean, they had to go to college. I mean, you can't just fix a ship and not go to college. That's a lot of training, just to even know what helmet to put on to not die. Oh, amen. So, I don't think it's well enough explained whether or not they know that aliens exist. And what kind of interference they picked up. Did they think that it was some, like, jewel to go pick up, since they're miners? Is that why they stopped and investigated the interference? Okay, you definitely didn't pay attention um, it was not good. They explained that they got a repeating signal that was in a specific time interval that could have been an SOS, and they're awakened early by their mother. Their, their, by mother. Yeah, their AI. They have a company policy where they have to. In, it's like the law to investigate potential SOSs. So there are other mining ships out there yes. who could have potentially released this SOS. I, I don't think this is the only mining ship in the uh, galaxy. I, yes. think this was, I think there was probably more. Also, yes. keep in mind, I've only seen this movie once. Hey. So okay. anything they fail to explain is on them. Hey. Listen. I, I was just saying, they did explain that. I mean. I didn't read that in fan fiction. That I was, hope that was I, explained <laughs> in the movie. Let, let's be quite clear. A movie's only job is if the first time I'm seeing this, it should be explained to me. Agreed. No movie should be like, well, you would have got it if you saw it three times. <laughs> yeah. You fucking loser. <laughs> so they go off. They get the SOS signal. They go off and explore it. Completely unprepared. They find a bunch of eggs. They just dig right in. Like, that's a normal thing. Well, one dude dug right in. And he <laughs> paid for it. And when he falls off that ledge, I'm just like, oh, god damn it. Get up. Of course. <laughs> get There's nothing up. even. Okay. Okay, so, so Jill has some issues with the I mean, explanation I don't think that's what of. She's saying. I think she's saying this movie was well thought out. Obviously, <laughs> there was a Jill saying there's some holes. <laughs> I was more so from a conceptual look at the plot. Oh, deep space, get an SOS. They investigate. Things go wrong. Seems like a good plot to me. Uh, mm-hmm. I think this is. This that kind of mechanism has been repeated a lot since this movie. Okay. Um, I enjoyed the plot. I give the plot a five. Okay. So a five. Well, I will say this. There are a lot of movies that I think really need a lot of space to give a story to you. And I think this one toes the line enough, for me at least, that we explain just enough. And the rest of it is kind of left, I guess, to the imagination, right? I mean, we're going to give you just enough, like, this is a mining ship. We have to go to the SOS. The chain of command is this. this there's a fucking thing attached to this. It has acid blood. 
you know, it kind of gives you the bare minimum. But overall, I mean, it's not the most complex, I guess. But Jill's right. It doesn't go into detail about all of it. But I would argue that <laughs> the James Bond movie of You to a Kill is absolutely incomprehensible as what the fuck is going on. <laughs> if you ever get a chance to watch that movie... It's a real head-scratcher. Um, <laughs> uh, Christopher Walken is the bad guy with Grace Jones. It's, And I swear to you, I watch it a lot. I've seen it many times. And once I get to the end, I'm like, what the fuck was he doing? It, But I don't get that with this movie. I'm like, okay, I mean, there's a monster on a thing you can't get out of. Okay, I'm down. So, I guess score-wise... <laughs> 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 so what would you give a view to the kill? A view to a kill for plot? <laughs> at best, a point five. <laughs> at best. This movie, I will give a solid uh, four. I'll okay. give it a four. And Jill, what was yours? A one? I'll give it a three. Okay. For a plot. No, you, you brought up the acid blood. And yes. I'm glad you brought that up because I have a question. If it can eat through... Like metal grates on the ship. How is it? How does the alien hold it in its body? I'm gonna say something that we're probably gonna say a lot tonight. I guarantee no one that worked on this movie thought about it. <laughs> I just guarantee no one sat around and was like, "Ah, oh, that didn't make sense." And when we get to the next movie, I'm gonna be really saying that. I like that you gave the plot a five out of five and then immediately pointed out a huge plot hole. <laughs> That's not a plot hole. Yes, it is. No, because I was talking about... What he's saying is that the acid blood caused a hole in the ship. But it doesn't cause a hole I tried. in I'm this sorry. person. No, that's not what I'm in talking about. organic I'm, matter. I'm talking about from a conceptual view of the plot. I know, my joke was more hole-based, but go ahead. Yes. <laughs> yes. But maybe the alien's like exoskeleton is some sort of material that is well acid resistant. We don't know. It's I alien. will say that I caught this from Ash, just because I watched this movie probably harder than I ever have before. He did mention something about the alien skin being adaptable, like it's made out of something that's adaptable. So I guess that was their way of explaining it. He did say it was the perfect killing machine. Killing machine. Yeah. Which is, why do you want that? They, like, wanted, you... they wanted to weaponize it. Right. But it's obvious that this thing cannot be trained. So, what are you going to do? Just let it loose and hopefully you can catch it? I, I have no idea. Look, I'm not trying to pull plot holes here, but I am going to change my... No. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this. Feels thing. like you guys are pointing out the major problem. You know what, guys? I hate it. <laughs> um, I, I mean... What else can we talk about with this movie? I, I think... I mean, I just have... Listen, I have questions and... Okay. Just general let's things get, I noted. Let's get to the questions. So, number one. And this is more of... Uh, what just happened? Okay, so she's in Mother. She leans back. There's Ash. Again, the only part I found scary in this movie. Leans back. There's Ash. But when she leaves... Her nose is bleeding. Did you clock that? Like, she's running around with a bloody nose, and I'm like, wait, did I miss something? And I had to rewind it, because I was like, why does she have a bloody nose right here? I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm sh it could be Sigourney Weaver's just prone to nosebleeds. I don't know. But I was very confused by it. I don't recall that. Okay, well, that's fair. Um, also, 
Just a question here. Um, so let's see here. We're not concerned about Kane in space. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay. I just need to know the purpose of this one room. And it's the chain room that has rain coming down. I, <laughs> I wrote that down as well. Yes. I, I was like, Whoa. when he walks in there, it's it's wet as can be. It's, it's raining. It's, yeah, it's, it's raining, raining down. Basically. There are hanging chains. And if you look around the room, there is no reason why that should be. There is absolutely nothing. If I could just go into my sci-fi databank. Hit it. I'm this very would curious. be some sort of coolant room where they cool more than likely a nuclear reactor that powers the ship. Because it's going to have to be a nuclear power source to, to go that long without refueling. Mm. So this is probably the coolant core, which uses water. Okay. You are filling in a lot of holes <laughs> on behalf of these people. Because <laughs> my first thought was... I bet they added these chains just because they wanted to do the alien tail. Oh yeah, I can't. I mean, they they did that. I can't explain the chains. I was just talking about the water. And the water was just one of those things where it's like, but why? And he's totally cool with it because he lets it like drip in his mouth. I was like, where? Do you know where this is coming from? There's also like steam just everywhere. Oh, just, well, well, if the water's cooling something, there's going to be steam. Not just in that room. There's steam just all over the ship. Man, there's also are... fires. There's that they fires? said they like play real fast and loose with a flamethrower in, in the a middle spaceship. of space. Yeah, that's a good point. That feels yes. like an issue to me. It is. I agree with you, Jill. <laughs> also. They are sweaty a lot in this movie. Well, Real sweaty. Say, it's very steamy. I mean, it is. It's, it's probably hot steamy. in there. All flamethrowers. Also, are we saying that the cat was also in hypersleep? Yes. Okay. We are. Okay. Just wanted to clear that up. Really feels like this corporation would fork out enough money for a hibernation chamber for a cat. For a cat. Well, they shared. Well. That, was What's in that? The, that was in the pod with Ripley. The cat didn't get its own pod. It just seems odd that oh. she'd get to bring a pet. It's probably off the book. Space travel. Yeah. Space rats. And where was its litter box? Let's be honest. Yeah. That's just gross. And did it smell like cat all over the ship? Because that would be my first worry. Okay. Joke's landing hard today, so... <laughs> <laughs> Should have um, that cat at home. So... <laughs> okay, I'm talking about the cat. When... Uh, when Ripley sees the goddamn alien on the getaway vehicle and she runs into the closet, that made me so goddamn mad. I'm like, why did you run into What are you, you going to do? Like, what? Do you not remember that? Yeah, she put the suit on. But she ran in there to hide at first. Like, that was... Right. I mean, look. I'm not putting holes in this movie, but I do want to change my score. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to poke another hole. Poke Maybe away. this is not a hole, okay. I guess. Mm-hmm. But this Let's little see. emergency escape pod that she takes someone asks if they can take it much earlier to escape the ship and Mm. escape the alien and she says there's not enough room for everybody so we have to stay (laughs) and then we cut to the ship yeah and like maybe it's not a super comfy 
layout. <laughs> but for sure, everyone could have just gotten. I can. On, I on can respond. I can respond to this. One. Okay. Of course you can. You wrote this movie. I, I was <laughs> on the staff in Okay. <laughs> There's enough room for everyone to physically occupy it. There was only like two pods. Two three, pods. Three hyperspace pods. Three hyperspace pods. So that's part of my issue, though. Why would you send a crew of seven into space and make an emergency escape for only three? You know. Who would agree? It's the lifeboats on the Titanic situation. Why would you agree to that? And you would think they learned their lesson by whatever year this is. You hey, look, think. this company is uh, not what we call admirable. I can't remember this company's name. They say it a million times in the next movie, but do you remember what it's called? No, I just know the name of the ship they were on. Yeah, me too. That's all. I wrote that down as if that was going to come back in any (laughs) kind of way. I was like, oh, this seems like important information. Not at all. Doesn't ever come back. I just have to agree with the two guys who constantly said they didn't get paid enough. I agree. You do not get paid enough for this. Whatever you're getting paid, it's not enough. I would be interested to know what the money situation's like in that year. I mean, because you got to think. I think they said, I mean... To get back to Earth, they said it was 10 months. It's like, okay, well, how long have you been traveling? Because then you got to get the oil. Then you got to travel back. Like, I hope you're getting a fucking good paycheck. Yeah. Well, I mean... But those, I mean, those are the only... Those are the end of my notes. Okay, one more thing. And this pretty much goes with all movies from that era, early 80s, late 70s, that are set in the future. Mm-hmm. With how outdated all the computers look thinking yeah. what they look like now yeah it's just green text on a computer screen yes i always think that's funny well i think they were like thinking they were super futuristic by the way that answered questions like i think they thought oh this, this is, is pretty, it this is it we nailed it that this thing can answer questions like yeah not even like talking to it Typing it to them. Yeah. And you had to be in a special room to even type the they fucking thing. Special, and meanwhile, I'm over here saying, hey, Siri. Yeah. My phone came on. How do you hear on. <laughs> My voice. phone definitely came on. Yeah. All, all of them. That was my bad. Oh. I apologize. Siri, like shut up. Siri. That is my bad. Uh, yeah, but everybody's thing came up. <laughs> okay, anyway. But okay. to your point, this movie does just have like Essentially, the computer technology that they had at the time of release on the ship. Whereas other movies that are set in the future or set... Use Star Wars, for example. They still have weird... Crazy technology. (laughs) Yeah, but their computers are exactly the same. (laughs) Yeah. Computers, but they also have like holograms and stuff. I will say there's not enough creativity with the technology in Alien. But Jill, in all fairness, that was... In a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> so, I mean, technology's going to be different anyway. Um, but no, I, I would also argue that the uh, panels on the Star Wars originals are really Probably fun. worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think they had word screen. I think they were just like a general like beeping. <laughs> like, I don't even think it was. Yeah. They had light brights. Yeah. They also had holograms. They did have holograms. I mean, they had holograms. Okay, so I think we're kind of getting to the end of our our discussion about Alien. Um, Jill, would you recommend this movie to someone? I think you know the answer to that. 
asking is just kind of pandering at this point. Okay, okay. Uh, someone I didn't like, sure. Damn. Uh, Damn. Wow. Well, I would definitely recommend it. I think it's a must-see for both sci-fi fans, and I'm going to count this as a horror movie still. and and that's that, that's I'm in my that's my prerogative. That's Jill. the hill you're willing to die on. Um, is that I, Alien is a horror movie? I think you should watch it, Andrew. Your final I, thoughts, Jill. On I have Alien. to ask. After all is said and done, and now that you've seen it, do you consider this a horror movie officially? Absolutely not. Okay. I will. That's fair. I like I said, you might have thought I was going to come at this differently. I think this is an ex, a really good movie. Given the time, given everything it was made in, I all I always recommend this movie when people ask me about it. I'm like, you got to check that out. I love that Sigourney Weaver is the main character. I love they stuck with her through all of the uh, makings of this. I love that Ripley, at the end of the day, is the only one that makes it. Uh, and only gets better with time, especially in the next movie. I really like it. My issue, what was her hair? Very, I mean, that, oh, I think it was, this is just me and maybe I'm talking out of turn, but I think it was the bang and over the ear combination that made it look like a mullet. That's I a, think that's what a, was this. It's a tough combo. And then at one point she puts it in a non-existent ponytail. Yeah. It changes nothing about the <laughs> yes. amount of hair that's in, in her, her face. face. Like, I guess it's keeping her neck cool. That's all I can come up with. Um, But no, overall, I do enjoy this movie when I watch it. Um, I would recommend it to people. I would not recommend it to people who do not like sci-fi. This would not be the movie for them. Um, So, people like Jill. My first question would be, do you like space movies? (laughs) No. So, there we go. Okay, so... Wait. You did not answer the question. Oh. Do you consider Alien a horror? Oh, I do. I consider this movie. Did you hear a that, horror movie. Jillian? <laughs> I also agree. I nominated this as a horror movie. I think when you look at the whole thing, it's when you think of the idea of it. I think it's scary as shit. Um, but we'll see how it holds up through the rest of the competition. We got to move on to. It's competition for this week, which is Sleepaway Camp. So uh, let's break. I don't like the way you said that, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sleepaway Camp? (laughs) We'll we'll find out how it does. We're going to break down Sleepaway Camp, go through our little rating system, and then we're going to argue about which one should go forward. Um, So we'll take a short break, and then we'll get into Sleepaway Camp. (laughs) So before our break, the one thing I got to say is, Jill, if it makes you feel any better... If this movie scares him, just wait until he sees the rest of our list. I am excited for that. All right, let's take a break. Okay, so we are back from the little break. We just recapped and gave our thoughts on Alien. So now we have to go to Alien's competitor for this week, which was the magical sleepaway camp. Which was nominated by Andrew. So, Andrew, go ahead and give your overview of Sleepaway Camp, just so the listeners have an idea of what the hell we're talking about. 
Oh, happily to. Very proud of my submission, period. Uh, okay, so Sleepaway Camp. We open on a ominous uh, camp that looks abandoned. We scale out and see that the camp is closed, which I don't know if y'all clocked this, but that's pretty much how the movie ends, I'm guessing, is that the camp closes. We do a massive flashback to a man on the lake with his children. The children and the man fall in the water. There's a man on there's a man on shore who's screaming for them. Now, since we're in the midst of the overview, did y'all could just a question? Did y'all figure out the uh, makeup of this family? Yes. Okay. Because this confuses a lot of people and throws them off. <laughs> but what I can tell is this. One of them, well, well, let me say this. They're a gay couple, obviously. Pro-gay. Way to go. They're a gay couple. These are their children. One of them is the brother to Aunt Martha, that comes up later. And that's their dynamic. Now, oh, that's did a, everybody get that? That's not what I got. Oh, okay. No. Okay, so what did y'all think? <laughs> okay, just, just to go into Because a lot of people think that... Aunt Martha's husband cheated with a man. That was my yes, initial thought. Yes, that's what I thought. Okay. It's a common misconception. Because, and again, I've seen this movie more times than I can count at this point. <laughs> but if you listen to the kids, when the guy from Shore is screaming and saying the doc is on her way, he's talking about Aunt Martha, one of the kids say Aunt Martha's coming, and the the, one of the fathers says yes, and the other kid says, is Ricky coming? And he replies, he says, no, he's with his father this weekend. Which means Ricky has the mother-father family. Mm. They're just divorced. While these two men are completely separate from them, one just happens to be the brother of Aunt Martha. Okay. All right? Got it. Con okay, glad I could clear that up. Continue. It confuses people. And we are maybe two minutes into the movie. So... <laughs> Uh, there is a camp across the way, which is the camp that we come to know, and we see a two of the worst goddamn actors you'll ever meet on a boat driving it, and behind them is a water skier who is so goddamn frightened she wants to get off, and I would be her if I was in this movie. I would be like, please, make me, don't let me do this ever again. They end up, uh, the drivers of the boat end up switching seats and being a woman driver, she runs into the children <laughs> oh, and <no. laughs> runs into the children and the man in the water. Uh, the boyfriend or partner on shore screams John and then just stares, refuses to call the police, just keeps staring at the dead bodies. And what we determine is one of the children has died as well as one of the men. Now, we fast forward eight years later, and I guess the other gentleman that was left alive did not want uh, the child left, so they left them with Aunt Martha. Uh, and I just want to say this. Aunt Martha is my favorite fucking character in this movie. Uh, we can discuss her later, but anyway, Aunt Martha is there. Uh, she brings down the two children. The two children uh, get a... Uh, physical for Aunt Martha, who is a doctor. Should have been a lead in there. She did both of their physicals. They take them to camp. At camp, we're then introduced to 
uh, a number of people, uh, Mel in his high socks and shorts, uh, Dick Man Strongman, and <laughs> the pedophile cook uh, who has the really wild line of we call them baldies, which is something in a movie. And then we kind of fast forward to Ricky and Angela, the cousins. They start meeting people at camp, including Judy. Angela doesn't talk much. She goes to her cabin and we meet Counselor Meg, spelled M-E-G, as she points out. Um, We're then introduced to Susie. And I hate... Okay, so I feel so fucking bad for Susie. Susie's the other counselor, and as many times as I've watched this movie... I never remember she's in this fucking movie until she's on screen. Like, I... it Anyway. So, poor Susie. She's also the counselor, which is the nice counselor, and Meg's kind of the bully along with Judy. So, we kind of go through uh, their first lunch on camp. I'm guessing. I mean, they don't really span out what the time frame is on this fucking movie, but I'm guessing they have a lunch. Angela refuses to eat. Um... Uh, Strongman Dickman uh, introdu- uh, takes her to the back and just gives her to this pedophile. And Ben, the other cook, who knows this man's a pedophile, just lets her go in the back with him. But that's Ben. Um, did anyone clock who that wa- who Ben was? Uh, no, sir. Okay. Nor did I. But if I tell you his name, it's going to shock you a little bit. Ben was played by an actor named Robert Earl Jones. Okay. Uh-huh. I had this thought. Okay. When he was talking. So let me blow your mind even more. He is the father to no other than James Earl Jones. I When he was talking, mm-hmm. yes. I got the vibes. That was James Earl Jones' father. That is... What an acting family. That is bananas. Star Wars and Sleepaway Camp. Um, so, that was Robert Earl Jones. The cook uh, tries to rape Angela. She's saved by her cousin Ricky. Cook ends up dying by having... Who gets pushed, which is a very kind word, and boiling water pours on him, and he's rushed to the hospital. Everybody says it's an accident. Again, we go through the longest goddamn baseball scene I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, it's uh, so the sixth graders play the twenty-year-olds, and the sixth graders win, and these twenty-year-olds are pissed. Fast forward to a fight in the uh, cabin between Ricky and Ricky shows that he seems to be a little violent, a little angry. Again. I will just say this movie has about 300 red herrings, but so we see Ricky. We then continue on with our camp trip. Uh, one of the guys ends up getting drowned in the water when trying to, I guess, rape this one girl. And we then move on, continuing on. Angela gets hit with a water balloon. That guy ends up dying. Uh, so all of these deaths are happening because we can assess they're doing terrible things to Angela. Okay, we probably can assess that. So finally we get to the final night uh, of this movie. And on the final night, we see Meg get stabbed in the back after she is planning on going on a date with Mel. We'll have to talk about that. And Judy dies in a very interesting way herself. the young campers go off into the woods and they are chopped up with a hatchet. 
And we see Ricky get taken by Mel and then beat caveman style, I guess, uh, by Mel. They uh, call the police once they find the dead children. The police comes in uh, with wonderful facial hair and sees that Meg is dead. And then we finally get to the climactic ending where we see Angela on the beach with her love interest, Paul. And we have a quick flashback that reveals that Angela is not Angela. She is actually the brother, Peter. Angela then stands and reveals her uh, penis to the audience. Her Peter. Her Peter. <laughs> and then we end the movie on Angela's face screaming. So, guys, let me just say, I still love this movie. I still love <laughs> this movie but that is just my opinion i would love to know what you guys think blaine why don't you start so just like my initial reaction right now i guess so this movie was so dumb <laughs> and so bad that it pains me to know that Jill is going to have liked this more than Alien. And I'm afraid to even hand off to Jill. You just want to keep talking. To listen to what she has to say in comparison to Alien. But no, this was, you know, mm -hmm. very stupid. Okay, that's twice you've said that. I just want to reiterate, very stupid. Uh... It's not scary. Okay. Um, but I, it's entertaining. I will say that. <laughs> All right. Like, it's a very campy, pardon the pun. No pun intended. <laughs> um, very campy, slasher kind of flick. Very 80s. Mm -hmm. But can we say... That it's better than Alien. I guess that will be found out we'll in the that next out. hour or so. Okay. Uh, so, Jillian, we'll go to you now. Oh. I guess it, he's asking you, but uh, Jill. Sorry. <laughs> Jill. This is Andrew's movie. <laughs> given all of that, how do you feel about Sleepaway Camp? I thought this movie was phenomenal. <laughs> God. Help us all. Jill. I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> Deeply entertaining <laughs> from start to finish. I, I two very enthusiastic thumbs up. I'm very happy about it. Just <laughs> the the rage I see in your face. <laughs> no, we can talk about it. Let's, okay. let's explore it, but so uh I mean there's a lot I that needs to be discussed about this movie. And I'm so excited. <laughs> Just talk about every bit of it. Where the hell do we start? Uh, well, let's start. I mean, we've kind of discussed. Again, like I said, every movie should be based on the premise. People just need to see this one time and know what's going on. I, the first time I saw this, I couldn't tell you what was happening with those two men and the children. And as a matter of fact, I probably didn't even know that that was Angela <laughs> that we were supposed to be knowing. But, again... It starts off very interesting. The acting in this... Oh, 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 I'm sorry. We'll get to that. Okay. You're skipping ahead. I'm sorry. Right, I'm so, just so excited to discuss I, this movie. Let's just let's just start off. I, I know we took notes during this movie. 
Can, can I give a few facts before we jump straight yes, to this? Yes, yes. Go ahead with your facts. Andrew. So I just want to say that this movie, what came out in 1983, it was made for $350,000. And I mean, they must have pushed that to the penny. Um, $350,000. This movie made $11 million. So it <laughs> really made its money back. This Thanks movie... <laughs> to Friday the 13th. <laughs> I, I No doubt... Listen, this movie rode on the coattails of Friday the 13th all the way. There is no doubt about that. And I think a lot of movies in the 80s did. Um, So this movie technically didn't do bad. The director, Robert Hildzig, this was his only movie. That makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) That checks out. I mean, listen, Orson Welles once said, you only need one good one, and goddamn. This wasn't it. it. He did it. <laughs> I'm tired of your negativity. This was his masterpiece. He oh actually God. retired from movie making, became a lawyer. So there is that. This is, okay, even weirder. This is the actual camp he went to as a child. So filmed it in the actual camp. Uh, the character of Mel, which we're going to kind of touch on. This was his, actually his final film. He did a lot of uh, other movies. He had cancer during this movie. And uh, he died before its release, which I guess Blaine would say good for him. Um, so, and also not what I would call a fun fact. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, not very fun. That's <laughs> not okay. very fun. That's okay. But okay, Felicia Rose, who is the main character, was only thirteen when she did this movie. There are a total of thirteen dead bodies overall, and. Um, oh, the last fact I have is that, uh, oddly enough, Ricky was 17 when this movie was made. Okay, so with that being said, just some quick fun facts about this movie. So, why don't we get into your notes? Okay, I'm just going to bring up some moments (laughs) in the film. That you consider Academy Award-worthy? We'll say that they were noteworthy. I love it. They popped out to me. So the first one, we'll just kind of go in chronological order here. Sure. Um, so right off the jump, we're hit with a pedophile, okay? Okay. Uh, he, <laughs> boiling water pours on this guy, and then the, the director, <laughs> the uh, the one-and-done director, made a, yeah. a very particular choice to keep the camera on this guy's face... <laughs> For about five whole minutes while he screamed the same scream. Listen. I don't know if you guys felt like, hey, that was enough screaming. But the director's like, no, it wasn't. No. We need some more. He, this man was on the floor probably about to have a migraine. And he just kept going. I call that devotion. I don't see what your problem is. He was, I thought it was too much. (laughs) Did anyone else have that on their notes? I mean, if we're talking about too much, I thought it was too much that he took Angela in the back and was about to rape her, but yeah. Okay, I mean, well, yeah. Yes. I will say, to that regard, like, sure, 
we accept that he's a terrible character. Yeah. I don't feel like the men he was having this conversation with reacted strongly enough they. to everything he was saying. That's true. I can. I will agree that, sure, there's probably one pedophile in a group of six men. Yeah. But for him to just roll off the name Baldies and Baldies. none of them to be like, what the fuck? Jill, I would argue that, that is they upsetting. are complicit in everything I, he has done. I would absolutely agree with that. <laughs> Damn you, Robert Earl Jones. I mean, Ben sits there and is just like, God damn, Arnie, you nut. And, like, just walks away. He genuinely says the words, there's no such thing as too young. That yeah. That is a You're just quote. too old, that is, is what he says. Yes, that is a I guess. Uh, also, when Angela runs away with Ricky, Mel couldn't be, could not care less. Could not Mel, care less. Just is like, oh, okay, whatever, all right. And Mel is the camp old owner. camp owner. Yes. Uh, just so everyone knows, he's probably in his 70s. Yes. Pedophile uh, comes out of a walk-in cooler adjusting his fly while two children uh, run screaming away from him and no one has any questions. No questions asked. No, not a one. No questions. Even Ben lets her go back there with him. That's the other thing. Ben's not even like... He doesn't even go to Big Dick and be like, you shouldn't have let that happen. Why did you do that? Yeah, this, this is terrible. <laughs> like, this is not going to be good. Um, so, since we're on that portion of it, did you, so did you guys watch the hands of the killer throughout this movie? Yes. Yes. Okay. They changed. Uh, they were actually the exact same hands throughout, and it was actually the kid who played Ricky. They used his hands, so they looked more, I guess, bigger than a girl's hands to kind of throw us off. But yes, so that's... Every time you see a hand in this movie, it is Ricky's. The killer's hand. Interesting. I will agree with Blaine that at one point I thought the hands One looked real thick, I will say. When they pulled the chair, my thought was Mm -hmm. that is not a child's arm. Yes, that is... I guess we... Okay. And like I said, they tried every red herring known to man in this movie. <laughs> yeah. So that was my first note was how long they focus on this guy's scream. Um, the next, well, I guess before that, I wanted to know just throughout the whole movie, the wildly overdramatic music. <laughs> this, I mean, just... this music comes in like a fucking hammer and... <laughs> It just goes. Like, I'm not sure what movie they made this music for, but I don't know if it was necessarily this one. <laughs> yeah, they just had some extra extra music recorded. It was... It was mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't really fit. Yeah. I'll say that. It felt strange. Uh-huh. Okay, mm-hmm. so next, there was a moment where the guy flipped over the canoe, playing yes. the trick with the girl... And then he gets drowned. So, mm-hmm. when the drowning occurs, you see just one hand come up and push the guy's head down. Well, actually, the head comes up and then pushes him down. Well, yeah, the head yeah. comes up, but then one hand pushes this guy's head okay, down. Okay, I was... Okay. Um, and I, was I just, just have a problem sh- because... I don't know if you've ever tried to drown someone, but yeah. you're going to have to be really strong to just one-arm someone 
while you're swimming too. Not easy. And drown them. <laughs> no. Uh, so that was just another note I made. Uh, that one was a. I was just making sure you didn't think she was under the water the whole time doing this. No, just no, just want to no. be clear. Yeah. She does come up. The, um, yes, the mystery murderer comes up and drowns the person. Uh, next, we'll just we'll start going rapid fire. Uh, a guy, oh. a guy gets killed by a bunch of bees. <laughs> And yes. it shows his corpse, and these bees What have, are these bees? What kind of bees are these? <laughs> this guy is riddled with holes. And what a fucking loser. He couldn't even break that small fucking broom. This guy was stuck in a bathroom stall. <laughs> Held together by a twig. Hell yes. Uh, I mean... It looked like a broom handle. But... Yeah. Uh, not, not even, like, a child's broom handle. <laughs> like, the smallest fucking broom handle. Yeah. Uh... He could have crawled under the... Regardless, the bees did did a number on this man. Beyond <laughs> all belief. I mean, the these are like a brand new breed of bees that will burrow into your fucking skin. Yeah, right? These, these are murder hornets. To, <laughs> yes. Uh, to the 10th degree. To the 10th degree. Okay, so I'll just do one more and then I'll hand it off. No, to no, no. Else. I think this is good. I'm um, enjoying everything going on here. There's a, there's a moment... Where I guess I guess it was when Paul was kind of getting handsy with Angela. Angela, uh-huh. and she I guess she goes to a mental place to kind of block out things. Mm-hmm. And it's a flashback of the two gay men in the bed together. Lab, yes. Mm-hmm. And that was just kind of out of fucking nowhere, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. Yeah, that's how you find out they're a couple. <laughs> yeah. But why? Blaine, why? like I said, I just don't think this director put that much thought into it. I was just... I... It was two grown men in a bed together. This was a flashback. <laughs> uh, or I don't even know. It's not a flashback. It's, um, it's a flashback. Uh, kind of, I guess. It's like they were in the upside down with these two gay men. Those flashbacks are done in the weirdest location. Yeah. Very strange. And it <laughs> came out of nowhere. And no one asked for it. And I don't think it helped um, push anything like... along. But that's just me, and I'll, I'll, I'll... I feel like you were not turned on by these two <laughs> bed caressing each other. I um, mean, maybe if there was some pretense to it, I, I would say that the weirder part of that flashback <laughs> is when it cuts to the brother and sister that are watching yeah. them. Pointing. And then they're in bed, just the brother and sister, and it looks like the brother is, like, very, very, very slowly... About to poke the sister mm-hmm. in the chest. Yeah. Um, which is supposed to be some traumatic memory for them. For Okay, so this is just me. This is my three cents. I think it's showing the two men in bed because that's all Angela's ever been exposed to sexually was seeing the two men in the bed. But the even creepier, like Jill said, was the pointing at the sister... But if you think about it in context, that's Peter, who is actually Angela, mm-hmm. pointing to a girl like, oh, that's me. I'm the girl. That's Now, me. did the director and writer put it, <laughs> that much thought into it? I'm gonna, I, yeah, I'm going to say no. <laughs> so I feel like that is the character of Angela realizing if he is able to unbutton my shirt, he's going to realize... There are no, not even 13-year-old titties here. No. It's just, no. there's just nothing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He will realize that I am a boy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
I don't know you what to seem... say about it. <laughs> okay. Um, I could keep going. You seem to act like there are plot holes in this movie, which I <laughs> just don't understand. No. I will readily explain away just like yes. I did for Alien. I will make this happen. See, they were in a mining company. <laughs> yes. You see. Uh, okay, Continue on with your right, notes. There's another moment, and we, we talked about this while we were actually watching the movie. Um, at one point, one of the camp counselors, she's probably 19, Meg... She's kind of the bitch counselor. Yeah, she's given the night off, and then she rolls up to Mel, the seventy-year-old <laughs> owner, and they they set up a time to guess. I assume to go have. It sex. implies that they is about to fuck. Yeah, that's what it implies. Um, and that again, that came out of nowhere. Uh huh. I disagree. really. <laughs> That did not come out of nowhere. That was being set up the entire movie. I didn't pick up on those vibes. You missed it. I, I guess I did. There but. were these little kind of, I guess you could say, throwaway scenes where she approaches Mel in a very flirty way. Mm-hmm. And she's standing next, like she calls Mel over and she is very flirtatious with him. It's so strange. Oh, it's and, berserk. And then it's absolutely quickly berserk. thereafter, Meg gets murdered and then... Next time you see Mel, he's looking for Meg, and he's in these green fuck Mel. me pants. It, <laughs> he was so looking forward to this, and I think that's Mel the, the, shows up in his best shit. He was so white ready. shoes, green pants, green shirt, yellow jacket, ready to fuck. But in, anyways, those are the moments for me that I had to write down. Um, Okay. And we can go into once we get into our you know our topics for rating, we can talk about more stuff. Okay. But that was just some of the banana shit that I <laughs> had to address here in this god awful movie. I am actually surprised that's all the notes you have. Well, <laughs> like, I, mean, I, am... I could have taken notes on everything that ever happened. Uh, uh... Like you mentioned, that baseball game was legit about <laughs> three innings of baseball. And... As many times as I've watched it, the only thing I can piece together is, I guess they're trying to show how much these 20-year-old guys hate Ricky. Like, that's all I get from it. And that's another thing. <laughs> Jill, you talk. You should talk about the age discrepancies at this camp. That is something that I had on my notes. Everyone from 4 to 24 apparently attends this camp. Yes. Because there are children of all ages. The counselors are supposedly, I would guess, 19 to 25, but the majority of the mm-hmm. campers are also 19 to, to 25. Yeah, I mean... So, very confusing. Then there's the occasional, like, kindergartner mixed in with the group. Just showing up somewhere. So, who is this camp for? It is all over the place. And, okay, so, I know you guys mentioned this about Judy earlier, but for me, I... When I look at Judy, I cannot tell if Judy is actually 15 or 34. Either one, I would probably go with you. She is one of those people. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you told me she was 34 years old, I'd be like, yeah, she is. Uh, yes. You are at a loss at this movie. <laughs> I've never seen you this, this much. This movie <laughs> was otherworldly. It, um, I mean, I couldn't describe it any other way. I think that's a magical way yeah. to describe it. Yes. Otherworldly, yes, and I don't. I have to reiterate this again. There was a three-inning baseball scene. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, it felt longer than three. <laughs> it felt a lot longer than that. In this movie. Can, one of my favorite lines, though, from that is when uh, Ricky, when the picture tells Ricky to fuck a man and uh, Ricky's like, that's kind of steep. That's just love that comeback. <laughs> it's kind of steep. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. Oh, okay. All right. It really spoke to you is what you're saying. Okay, now we have to talk about oh, no. uh, everything I left off. It was the very end. Uh, oh, yes. Of the movie. Um, <laughs> at the climax, a bunch of people have died. And Angela mm-hmm. tells her love interest to meet her at the beach. Yes. And the counselors are looking for campers because everyone's dying. I think there's a murder on the loose. They find Angela and love interest on the beach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... They're calling her name, and she won't respond. She looks like she's just petting his head. And then the bitch pops up. Yeah. Butt naked. uh, And just has her mouth wide open, doing this weird scream, and Mm -hmm. her cock is out. She's got a cock. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. And... It's revealed that Angela is actually Peter. And that's how the movie ends, with a a tiny schmeckle. And you act like that is a bad thing. (laughs) I thought it was incredible. Okay. All right. Those are the moments. I had to... Okay. Anytime I've ever watched this with somebody, I have to watch and see what their reaction is. Jill had the best reaction. (laughs) (laughs) Jill was completely stunned. I I mean, you have to give this movie credit. In no way did you fucking see that coming. Look, <laughs> I okay, I didn't see the penis coming. I did no, not. no. She was obviously the killer the whole time. Okay, that was going to be my next question. The penis, oh, it was a little surprise. It was yeah. a little surprise. Yeah. Um, let's talk about red herrings. We could do that. Yes, I do have to ask, Jill. When did you figure out it was Angela? After. Judy died. Because at one point, oh. I had Judy as the killer in my notes. No, no, no. Wow. And my thought process behind that was, obviously, Judy's a cunt. Yeah. So we've Big established time. that. Judy yep. sucks. She obviously has a thing out for Angela. Definitely. So mm-hmm. my thoughts were, everyone who bullies Angela, She's going to take out all of her insane teenage aggression that she has mm-hmm. by murdering these people and basically setting Angela up because she thinks Angela is such a freak that this will take Angela down. See, you've seen too many scary movies. <laughs> um, I, so you're saying that you Sherlocked this right away. Yeah, she's, she, only her and Ricky knew about the dude trying to molest Angela. So it had to be one of the two. Yep. And Angela was coming off real creepy. So I was like, yeah, Angela just well, killed this guy. A, you know, that's a little sexy. <laughs> I'm kidding. Anyway. I, I, knew <laughs> was, I knew it was her from the very a beginning. A woman can't just be weird and quiet. God damn. I mean. <laughs> it was the eyes. It is oh, it was true that only Ricky and Angela knew that this guy tried to rape Angela. But this guy tried to rape Angela within actual seconds of meeting her. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing he was on a lot of people's shit list. Uh, yeah. Especially the young have... girls at the camp. Yeah. So I went real face value with it. Okay. You were like, apparently right, too. Yeah. I mean, you weren't wrong. I was correct. <laughs> yeah. You weren't wrong. Yeah. Um, so with 
all of that. That's very good to know. Uh, since we're talking about that, did you also clock this? I think you might have been taking notes at the time. That's why I told you to look at the screen. When the door opens for the Judy's death, did you see who's standing in the door? It looked like Ricky to me. It was Ricky standing there. And what's what's hilarious about this is, I guess when they did the high-definition transfer, it did not black out Ricky like it was supposed to. So Ricky is actually standing in the doorway, and you can obviously see it's that actor. But I remember on the like original like video of this, like it was not high def. And it played well because you still couldn't see who it was. It's just a silhouette. It's just a silhouette. And this one, it's very clear it's, it's Ricky very standing in the doorway. Ricky. Well, yeah, like you yeah. said, because they use his hands. So. Yeah, yeah. That's why I be... thought Judy's probably not going to die right now. This is just Ricky. Yeah. But then when he clocked her right in the face, that was the funniest oh. thing I've ever seen. You're right. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I did not see Ricky. I guess yeah. I was taking the note. And my biggest worry was, is I've seen this HD transfer, and I was like, I hope this doesn't like make them go out on a tangent that Ricky and Angela were the killers. But I said, fuck it. Let's all enjoy it. Um. Anyway. And we did. Yeah. Anyway. So well, okay. there's that. Um, so that's good to know. So you figured it out right away. All right. Good yes. You. So uh, you want to get into our, our little rating system here so we can kind of... We can do that. ...have an idea of how this compares with the much better Alien. Um, wow. So Scare Factor. Okay. So Scare scare Factor. You go first since I... Yeah. You go first. I was not scared at all and at any point in this movie mm-hmm. um even like with jump scares it was i don't know what it was it just there was no scary parts to this movie uh except the jump when she pops up at the very end <laughs> okay i'm gonna give this a one uh, out of five for scares right. um so that's just where I am for that. Hey, we all have opinions, you know. So where where were you guys with the scare? Jill, what about you? So I don't find this movie scary either, mm-hmm. obviously. I will agree the only jump scare part that got me was when Angela jumps up at the end mm-hmm. and shows her dick. <laughs> yes, um, yes. That part did did get me a little bit with the open mouth with the open like, mouth the weird scream yeah. Paul's head falling off yeah that was like it. it was a combination of things in the scene that mm-hmm. got me but overall this movie is not scary i would give it a two a two seems to be one higher than alien okay um <laughs> it's okay because i'm gonna surprise you I also find this movie not scary in the traditional sense, but I would argue, are the people not scary in this? The cook is. Isn't he a frightening beast? Okay, that's... Is Meg not the biggest bitch we've ever seen, except for Judy? (laughs) Is, I mean, another scary factor on this, and I have some excellent DAR, and by DAR I mean air conditioner DAR, there was not one fucking air conditioner in this whole goddamn camp. And they were it, it was hot. It oh my hot. god. Right. I that's listen, if I if my parents were ever 
to send me to camp as a child and there was not an air conditioner, I would be on the goddamn phone. Okay, in the okay, office. question. Oh, I'm not allowed to finish. I see. No, okay. I'm sorry. This is about the air conditioning and the heat. Okay. Is it hotter at camp or on the Nostromo in Alien? Oof. It appears the Nostromo. Yeah, I would say Everybody is sweating in that bad boy. Hey, okay. Especially given by the accents. I don't know if it ever said, but this camp was in the north. Oh, the yeah. If, no, if nothing gave it away, this was a New York movie. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I think uh, Jersey Mike, <laughs> our bodybuilder. Oh, Mike, the situation. <laughs> His dad was in this. So we at least when, know this camp isn't in like louisiana oh for sure not okay but let me just <laughs> so i used to work with this gentleman in uh healthcare, and he was from long island and if your name end ended with an a it just immediately turned to an er so mike the situation's dad when he's like angela what <laughs> like angela is my favorite angela angela, angela are you hungry like it's it gets me every time so, What's the matter? Can't you talk? <laughs> Guys, that dude in the blue oyster cult with the mullet <laughs> caught like, what do you say? He was like, why are you such a fuck up? Like, that's, <laughs> that's such a strong way to come at somebody. <laughs> this poor girl just sitting there eating her goddamn kid. Why are you such a fuck up? <laughs> you, basically, they were calling her that because she wouldn't. Fuck them, or I mean that kiss them. Yeah. So you're immediately a fuck up. What's the matter? Can't you talk? But air conditioning aside, since we've already established, oh yes, that, I'm not. Alien with... was hotter. Continue with your scare. Yes. Here. So it's hot. Mel is out there. I mean, let's be honest. Mel is frightening to stare at. He is not the most attractive man, except to Meg. Um. And there are snapping turtles and water snakes. Yeah. Allegedly. We did um, see a snake. A snake came we out of a dead person's mouth. Okay, we did see that. I mean, I talk, talk about frightening. Um, also, I feel like <laughs> you're not. I, 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 I uh, smell what you're doing. And I think all I'm saying is, is that you say this isn't scary, and I'm just saying there are some frightening elements. I will say his corpse was a little disturbing, especially when the snake came out of it. Great point, Jill. Jill's there. Okay. So I'd say an overall scare factor. I'll give it since it's non-conventional. I'll give it a one. Okay. Now. We have to move to suspense. Where I we... love how much you are not enjoying everything that's happening with this movie. We will get to what I did enjoy about it. Okay. 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 Now we're going to move to suspense, which I have established as being a very important component of a scary movie. And again, I think this one is a little lacking in the suspense category. I mean, I... Well, here's the thing. I think horror movies are so many things. I don't think it's necessarily suspense. Well, I mean, I'm saying it's an important factor. I mean, that's why we do multiple categories. It's good. I agree. I agree. But do we not feel suspense as an audience? Let me finish. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going off on tangent. Let me finish. (laughs) There were moments, I think, when the hands, the murderer's hands would appear... That there was little short moments of suspense because you're like, oh, how are they, ha- they going to kill this person? 
Okay. But it was, I wouldn't say it's not that slow build that really gets me going. All right. I, so with suspense, I'm going to go with a two. Just for those little moments because I didn't know what was going to happen. Okay. So that's where I'm at with suspense. Now, we'll go to you guys. Well, if you're asking me, like I said before, suspense is, you know... Talk about in context or out of context. Did this movie not give me suspense watching you two trying to figure out who the killer was? Yes. Did I not? But I knew immediately. (laughs) You didn't let on. Did was there not suspense when I watched you two reveal that Angela was Peter? I would argue that. So you're saying that the movie's suspense lies in. Your own suspense with watching us watch the movie? Blaine, I didn't make the rules. That's, I just follow them. That's, okay? an, that's the inception <laughs> of suspense. <laughs> Look, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> For me, this movie has... It's a zero. There's no suspense in this movie. Okay. That's, I mean, not what I was... Expecting. Listen, it's, it's a zero. not at all. <laughs> I mean, I suppose if you've seen it the first time, maybe, but... For me, there's nothing there anymore. I've seen this movie so much, I probably could have quoted it. So, no. Okay. All right. I ha- I don't find it suspenseful. Jill, any suspense factor? I would give it a two okay. overall in suspense. Oh. Just because there are so many things that you're like, what? <laughs> like, as soon as they uh... introduce Aunt Martha, you're like, what is the matter That's with true. This lady is terrifying. Like, something is up with her. And we don't know until literally the end of the movie how her creepy ass comes back into everything. Guys, I would argue Aunt Martha is actually the villain of this movie. Uh, for absolutely, uh, Aunt yeah. yeah. The <laughs> I mean, talk and, about throwing a fucking child into a bad situation. I mean, I god damn. And, and we're gonna break down the characters in a second, and that's definitely going to be something... Because I do have a lot to say that about, we talk about all of these people. Um, Question that may be unrelated to any of these categories. Yeah. Did Ricky know that it's actually Peter and not Angela? Or does Ricky think it's Angela? Jill, you ask a question that has been asked by the legions of fans of this movie. And I have seen the director... I have listened to the director's commentary of this movie. And when posed this very question... Does Ricky know that Angela is Peter? The response from Robert Hiltzig, the one-time master of this movie, his response was, what do you think? (laughs) So he doesn't know. Exactly. Again, put no thought into if Ricky actually knew. But for me, how could Ricky not know? Wouldn't Angela at a certain point be like, your mom's a fucking lunatic. <laughs> well, also, I am a boy. I identify as a boy, and your mom has dressed me up just like this. Also, Peter and Angela—they weren't twins. Again, not really. And Ricky knew that they were cousins. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. asked, "Is Ricky coming?" Which yeah. insinuates that they've hung out. They've met before. Yeah. So when they brought Angela home or Peter home, yeah. Even if they put a wig on him, he'd be like, "Hey, Peter." 
Um, <laughs> Why is everybody calling you Angela? Yeah, so... But, well, that's, <laughs> it's not out of the ordinary, but I don't feel like Aunt Martha bought a child's wig and put it on Peter. I feel like he just had the bandage on. But you don't make a bad point. Wouldn't you just immediately recognize that as a like male you, child? You and I are yeah. cousins. Yes. Uh, spoiler alert. Hey, spoiler alert. <laughs> and had... This is a story of our lives. Had... <laughs> Your sister got run over by a boat. My other cousin. Yeah. And you came to live with us, and my dad put... You could figure it out. ...a wig on you. I'd be like, Andrew. <laughs> I just love the idea that your dad's like, we can't have another boy. We can't have three boys. You just need to boys. pretend to be a girl. You're going to be your sister. Oh, God. I, I would have known. Blaine, again, you're trying to make plot holes where there are none. I also will hole. say, we don't know Jill that brought this up. they're not yeah. twins. We don't, but they were still boy and girl, meaning they're fraternal. They're not identical. I, I mean, okay. You can't have an identical opposite sex twin. They could still look a lot alike. True, but they're going to look different. Look at Wyatt and Kaylee. I feel like there are times when you could slap a wig on Wyatt and be like, oh. no one knows those kids those look exactly. <laughs> no one knows. No who one knows. I do, Jill, and I agree. Thank if one you. of those kids had a wig, I would know. Thank you. <laughs> okay. They have the exact same face. I mean, that is some interesting genes your family has. But, okay, yes. I, yeah. Uh-huh, so, uh-huh. all right. So, we so got our, Jill's, we got Jill's our scare. <laughs> we got our scare. We got our suspense. And so, let's now go to the plot and a little discussion about the characters and how they move the plot along. The plot. So, plot and characters is what we're talking plot about. Plot and characters. So, this is, what year was this, Andrew? 1983 and this was post Friday the 13th yes Friday the 13th the original was 1980 so I'm sure the sequel had come out before this movie a camp the the camp movie had come out this was an obvious rip off rip off of the 100%. camp setting mm-hmm. so I can't give a good score for the plot uh, well, I, I mean, if you're talking about original story then yeah I agree but for plot I mean I feel like this movie has Something. I mean, it's got a little bit of a twist. I will say that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I, it's not a home run. The base. I mean, I guess it's taste. But all right. <laughs> I'm all right. gonna give this a one for plot as well. Oh. Um, but I'm, I'm also gonna. We're gonna have to go into so some of the characters. The a little bit. I'm not playing the system. <laughs> This is an honest assessment. End of the of day, it's film. a three, it's a two to one vote. So, <laughs> well, we haven't got there yet. We, we don't know. If he can, we we got don't there. know if Blaine can actually change our minds in his final argument. Okay, so the plot, you know, it's a little choppy. We'll say that. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. <laughs> a little choppy. Uh huh. Yes. <laughs> and the characters. Uh, they're kind of all over the place as well, I think. Well, you don't really know. I mean, know. I'm, I'm listening to what you have to say, so go ahead. So we got, you know, the angry female coast. I feel like that's no reciprocation. I mean, women are complex creatures, uh, just I like agree. all God's I children. Agree. I agree. So Judy and Meg, <laughs> they're just kind of raging bitches, and we don't, we don't know why. They're just... I know. mean... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Look, no one's on the side of Meg and Judy at all. So these um, these characters are just 
outlandish. The but I oh, go ahead. The you head the head count camp counselor. Mm-hmm. Uh, the jacked counselor, whatever his I name mean, is. A gorgeous specimen. Short shorts. He's in the background of some scenes working out, which is hilarious. <laughs> And like I said, nearly every outfit he wore, I've seen at a Pride event. Like, it, every single one. Not just his outfits. Most, oh, most of the males in this movie. Most of the male outfits in the movie. Never more cut-off shirts on a male yes. than this movie. But even with all the eccentric characters, I have to... And I don't think that they help the plot enough to get it over that one hurdle. So I'm going to go with a one for plot slash characters, and mm. I, I, let's see what you guys have to, to say about that. Well, Jill, your go. First, <laughs> I will say it's interesting that you drew the most parallels to Friday the 13th, which is obvious parallels because they're at a camp, mm-hmm. Camp Crystal Lake, Camp whatever the hell this is. It was Camp Arawak. Camp Arawak. So like camp setting, there's a murderer. There's obvious parallels. I will say, however, the movie that felt the most ripped off to me was Carrie. Jill, break this down. It's It was so similar to Carrie. From the character of Angela is a dead ringer for Carrie. She's weird. She's an outcast. She doesn't talk a lot. She doesn't eat a lot. The other girls oh, hate her I'm for gone. no apparent reason. Judy okay. and Chris are the same character. So true. There's not really a Sue equivalent in this. But like And these are all Sue, wait. These are all Susie? characters. These are wait, characters from Who's Sue? Was Sue the girl that let her boyfriend go to prom with Yes. Okay, never mind. Move There's on. not really a sympathetic character there. Mm-hmm. I would compare Susie to the coach from Carrie yes. who tries to help Carrie. And that one scene in the cabin where they're talking about showering and Judy's all, I bet you haven't even gotten your period yet. Why won't you get naked in front of the, why won't you take a shower with the rest of us? Is almost verbatim the shower scene from Carrie down to the coach. I mean, the coach slaps Carrie and Carrie (laughs) instead of the bully. But Mm -hmm. like down to the slap in the face, those scenes are almost like the dialogue is like verbatim. It's crazy to me. Yeah. So... This movie, in the way the guys treat her, how they're interested in her, but pissed because she's not interested back, it's a lot more similar to Carrie to me. Wait, does she? She doesn't slap Carrie, does she? The coach? Yeah. Yeah, slaps Carrie right across the face. I thought she slapped the shitty girl. She may slap both of them, but at one okay. point she does slap because Carrie's freaking out when she gets a oh. period. In the oh, that's shower. right. Yes, she did and have. She like has to calm well, her down. She, yeah. she like. Well, that, I find that a little different than the way she slapped What's-Her-Face. It's definitely different. She was like, you are being the biggest asshole right now. Slap in the face. Yeah, so I saw a lot of similarities to Carrie. Jill, I love that. That That's some wonderful stuff there. I So, so that being said, what would you give this plot score? I, being that it's an obvious... I give it a three. A three. A three. In plot. In plot. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. But we also got to take into account characters. Yes, for characters plot and, and plot. Okay, a we three. Because I love that they combined, they essentially just combined Friday the 13th with Carrie, Carrie uh-huh. with 
psycho. It's like those three movies all combined and birthed Sleepaway Camp. Jill, I couldn't agree more that three masterpieces begat this masterpiece. They did. They, I mean, it was birthed out of genius. The inspiration is there. Yes. It's right this, there. I wouldn't say this is born out of, this is the abortion of those three. <laughs> oh, Blaine. Uh, just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this movie was just terrible. No. No. Uh, okay, so... I mean, uh, I believe Jill has given higher scores to this movie than the previous one. But, uh, that is false. And I think I've given lesser scores so far than the Alien. I... Are we going back to check? Okay. Oh, why? Hello, doggy. Um, well, while you're on that, I guess I'll give my, my thoughts on this. Plot-wise, not bad. Okay? I'm saying not bad. I'm not saying great. Not even saying good. I'm saying not bad. Now, the characters of this movie is where I'm going to drastically disagree with you. This movie is full of fucking characters. I mean... Jam-packed. Jam-packed full of characters. Yeah, it has a ton of characters. Uh, no, no. Good characters. First of all, the, like that creep that plays the fucking pedophile... Wonderful casting. That gentleman really played that. He is the grossest fucking thing on earth. Next up, you have uh, Mike the Situation's dad. He has this weird quality of being this muscle-bound monster who is the most uh, nicest guy. A Angela, you want some to eat? He does that so well. Aunt Martha is one of the greatest goddamn characters, I would say, in cinema. Aunt Martha to <laughs> me. <laughs> the, every time Aunt Martha comes on screen, I light up. It is that woman, whose name is Desiree Gould. Um, I want to blow your mind real quick. This was her last movie as well. <laughs> yes. Do not be shocked. This was her last movie. She actually became a real estate agent. Which I feel is more up her alley. But anyway... When she comes on screen and gives that goddamn crazy performance, and the I, out of this entire movie, my favorite line in the world is, "Is there when she tells him she made him snacks, Ricky? Because there any chips?" And she screams in Ricky's face, "Why, yes! I believe there's a whole bag." <laughs> I love that goddamn line. <laughs> it's so funny to me. And, and then she's. I mean, it's the craziest fucking thing I've ever seen. And I would argue for the five minutes and she's in this movie, makes the biggest impact on this movie. She was crazy for sure. Yes. And I think that's going to kind of go into Hello. our acting oh. skills. This dog. <laughs> uh, rating that we're going to go to next. But just... Oh, okay. What was your score for plot? Oh, I'm not okay. done. Anyway. Okay. So, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. So, continue. So, continuing on. Um, Aunt, again, Aunt Martha, love her, love everything about her. She is 100% the villain of this movie, and that's all I'm saying. Next up, you have Mel, who is, okay, this might fall on deaf ears, but in Gremlins 2, there is this weird-looking gremlin... I mean, they're all pretty weird in part two. But Mel looks just like this one fucking gremlin from Gremlins 2. And I think about it every time I see Mel. But anyway. I so, know exactly what you're talking about. Thank you. Yes. I, like, I do. I'm so you're glad. Right. 
Do, is that not like if you told me they designed that gremlin after Mel, I would Absolutely. believe you. Um, so yeah, so there's that. Uh, Mel, I mean, guys, these actors are really like no one phoned this in. I'm not saying they're good. Oh, excuse me. Okay, we'll get to acting skills in a minute. <laughs> but anyway, characters. There's Mel, who's this guy who, on one hand, ignores children being raped at his camp, but in the second hand is worried the parents are going to know that people are dying at his camp. Then who else? Do we have? I mean, Judy and Meg are two of the biggest villains you're ever going to get in the movie. Back to Mel. Yes. He is essentially... The mayor from Jaws, only Mel for the camp. Is the because <laughs> he's deeply more concerned Jill with publicity than, than the lives. <laughs> Absolutely, Jill. I'm so glad we're on the same page on this. So glad. I am so glad. Anyway, so there's Mel, Judy, and okay. So I do have another fun fact. <laughs> the role of Judy. Do you know who is going to play her? And she pulled out at the last minute, and they hired the Judy we have now. Just a guess. Jamie Lee Curtis. No. No. Although, I can see it. All right. Any other guesses? Jenna Maloney herself, Jane Krakowski. What? Jane Krakowski agreed to be in this movie, and apparently her parents read the script and saw that Judy dies by being raped by a curling iron and pulled her off which, of this movie. Which we have not, We're not gotten discussed there yet. yet. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> but that is why Jane Krakowski is not in this movie. I kind of love her parents for that. Because <laughs> if you think about it, none of the other parents had a problem with this. <laughs> and by no means did that go on to ruin her career. No, I would say... She might have benefited from not being in this movie. Although she would have made a phenomenal Judy. Can you imagine? I, I think about it often. What she would have done with that role. Because this would have been right around the time when she was in vacation. Yes. And she was it would. great at that age. She, she was pulling it off. So yes. Yeah, so you got your Judys. With the biggest hair. You got Meg. Who's just the meanest. Susie. Who I forget's in this movie until she's on screen. <laughs> I feel so bad because she plays such a big role in this movie. Because if you think about, like Jill said, she is the gym teacher from Carrie. She shows up at the beginning. I forget she's in this movie until she shows up and talks to Angela. <laughs> and Angela talks back to her real nice. She slaps Judy, which Judy so deserved. Um, and then she's there at the end when they find Angela on the beach. Susie has a big part. Not memorable. I think it's because these other... Major characters just overpower her. And then you got Ricky, who's screaming in the top of his lungs. You got Paul, who's the nice guy. A lot of people also, by the way, think Paul might have been the killer. Uh, or that's who people thought might be the killer during the movie. Um, because he's so mellow the whole time. Um, but yeah, for I mean, listen. Plot, yeah, you're lacking. But I think these goddamn characters make up for it. So for me... Five. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Five. Wow. Okay, well, since we're talking about the characters along with the plot, we, we gotta mention, we gotta go into the acting skills. I'm all about it. Um, and they were terrible. They were terrible. Oh, well, that's a statement. <laughs> the best, that's a statement. The best performance 
I know you're gonna say it's the aunt. Okay. But she was fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. But it put it worked. It worked. The best actor in here mm-hmm. was Ricky. And okay. He went for it. He tried to save this film. <laughs> I don't think Ricky had anything to do with saving this film. I think this no, film it, doesn't even need the saving. It it couldn't be. It couldn't be saved. <clears throat> Oof. While I agree with you that Ricky is a great character mm-hmm. and I enjoy the way he was acted, you're completely forgetting Mel's monologues. Oh. That are. Mel's just, monologues. Oh, not my Meg. <laughs> I fully believe that that actor not only pitched the idea of the fact that he was sleeping with Meg, I think, but also wrote his own monologues. I think the director, the, the director realized that the actor who was playing Mel was dying of cancer and they were like all right we'll give you this as your parting gift to the world (laughs) because we feel bad you're dying so not only do you get to sleep with this hot 19 year old yeah you get get multiple monologues about multiple monologues and not only do you get to sleep with her She's into you. Like, yeah. hard it's into her you. Idea. She wants yeah. it. She, wants, she it. wants She is down with these long socks and these plaid outfits she got on. And like, then she gets to, like, avenge her death by beating up a 13 year old. Scream to the gods about it. So, oh. acting skills wise, I, I have to compare this to what we just saw in Alien. And okay. I have to give this a one. In acting skills. Wow, that feels unfair. But I'm okay with it, because we all judge in our own way. And I think that's being generous. Oh, wow. But in no way am I saying, this is one of the occasions where I don't think you needed to have good acting in this movie for it to be entertaining. And that's what you get Mm -hmm. from a good slasher. So, the acting was terrible. But you'll see how it doesn't really affect my score as far as the entertainment value. Acting for you guys. Well, Jill, up to, up to you now. Well, I think that Angela was actually a good actress, especially knowing that she was only 13. Right. right. I think she played the freak really well. And those silent... There was something... Even when she had no lines, her stare was very creepy. She had great face. It's very great face. Like, it's not just a thousand yard stare. It's like, oof. I wouldn't mess with her. I don't know why all these other people think it's a good idea. Yes. I playing with the wrong group here. Obviously. I thought she was great. So I guess as far as overall acting, I'd give it a two. Okay. All right. Now, see, I'm going to differ than you guys. This is going to blow you away. <laughs> For acting, I would argue, do they deserve awards? No. But you get, they didn't phone this in. They tried really hard with what they had. I think Felissa Rose as Angela was amazing. I think Ricky was amazing. I think that Cook, who was the biggest creep in this movie that no one liked, was amazing. Judy was amazing. And whatever that fucking Desiree Gould was doing with that Aunt Martha, I watch this movie simply for her sometimes. For me, I'm giving a four. Andrew, 
This movie, get, I'm just saying, sometimes it's not about Andrew. what people say. You I get, think they were committed to Okay, this. commitment and skill are a lot of different things. I mean, okay. I can try my hardest to rewire this house and be really committed to it. Yeah. Will we have a safe system? Probably not. But you are also, Blaine, faulting the actors for a poor script. No, this was a this was a skill thing. Okay. This was a skill thing. Okay. I'm just saying you gave okay. this a four. I I will say, coming up in our next week's competition, we have Silence of the Lambs versus The Shining. Okay. And I I, and I if, think you got a I and think <laughs> Sleepaway Camp got a four in acting <laughs> skills. I think the problem is this. We didn't specify what we meant by acting skills because, like I said, skills. <laughs> it's in the name. Acting I, skills. Listen, I think every one of these characters developed a character in their mind and they play, and they gave it to us on screen. They I gave agree with it that. to us. Okay. I believed Ricky was Ricky the entire time. Oh, I believed Judy was like. If I ever met Judy, I would think she's like that. Yeah. I'd be like, that girl's a bitch. Yeah. All right. Well, and I am one hundred percent positive. Aunt Martha does act like that in real life. <laughs> I'm. I don't even know if she was even trying. <laughs> okay. They didn't even write lines for her. Oh they my god! They, she said, "I have got this." <laughs> I know. Exactly I don't know what this movie's saying. about, but I am on it. <laughs> Well, no. I, I don't I don't really don't know what else to say. So we're just gonna go to the next category. We're gonna wrap this up, talk about the entertainment value and kind of my final thoughts about it. So entertainment value as a slasher, like I said, don't necessarily have to have good acting. I did watch the whole thing and you know it was it was fun. It was terrible, but fun in a good way. Kind of like Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Kind of had that kind of vibe for me. Okay. Uh, All right. So entertaining, but shitty. So I'm going to give it, (laughs) for entertainment value, I'm going to give it a three. Wow. Okay. And that's being generous, I think. Um, And would I recommend this movie to someone who likes campy stuff? I would, uh, and, and campy as in cheesy horror. Uh, so, and it's not a very long movie. So it's I, I think it's uh, worth. I, by the way, I I had to know how long it was because I was going to talk about it. The credits roll at an hour twenty. Yeah, it's a shorter movie. Short movie. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's worth a shot, guys. And think how much you get in that time. So again, for the the time to entertainment, we're gonna go with a three. I'm gonna recommend it to those particular type of people. Um, oh, those type. Of I don't people. like the way you say that. I don't either. Those type of people <laughs> that are looking for you know a short little. Can I ask you this? Yes. Would you not watch this again? No, I would not watch this again. What? 
Okay. I would not, because it doesn't have... Any... Even if you invited people over and, like, there were drinks involved? No, if... I, I would rather redo... This is not on our list, but Killer Clowns in Outer Space is more outlandish than this and has more entertainment value oh, wow. for the band wow. than okay. Sleepaway Camp. So I would rather go to a movie like that. Okay. I mean, hey. That is but that's just how I'm feeling about it. That's how Jill, you feel. Jill, entertainment value and your final thoughts. Entertainment value is a five. Holy shit. A fucking men. By all means, this movie is so entertaining. <laughs> it's so fun. There was not one point in this movie where I was like, man, I would rather be doing anything else. And, and was there a point like that in Alien? I would say from start to finish. <laughs> in Alien, I would have rather been doing anything else. Um, I that even hurts me. It's still pretty funny. It's um. classic slasher. It combined so many tropes and so many amazing movies. Just yeah, ripped off into one. Oh, I just there but you go. <laughs> but okay, made it its own. Okay, no one in Carrie has a surprise penis. That's true. Yeah, no, no one, one in Friday the Thirteenth. Has a surprise penis. <laughs> no. I just I don't even know if Jason has one anymore. Yeah, exactly. I liked that there was no like supernatural element. There wasn't like a ghost or anything that came back, which was part of my mind. I was like, okay, is it her brother? Right. Did he come out of the lake? But then why does everyone recognize him, you know? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Is it her dad? Like yeah. Is there some sort of revenge plot here? Because it takes place at the same lake where her father and brother were supposedly killed. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, I was waiting for those elements to pop up. And they never did, which I liked. Because uh -huh. it just kept it as a practical revenge slasher. They did. They did. I liked it. I loved the arrow right through the gullet yeah. on Mel. Uh... Final thoughts. It was... So five out I, of five would watch it again. A five rewatchable. Wow. Absolutely. Andrew? I mean, I cannot praise this movie enough. I <laughs> have enjoyed this movie since I was a teenager. This thing brings me, every time I watch it, brings me such joy. I, I can't even begin to think of another movie like this movie. It comes out of, I mean... It is something special. It's <laughs> it's really wild. I have recommended this movie many a times, and I have watched this movie numerous times. There is no way on earth I could give this movie less than five out of five. It is utterly entertaining. <laughs> Do you want to rethink your score now? No. Oh, okay. I, I would like to <laughs> deduct from my score. <laughs> Based on the absurdity of y'all's reaction. I just okay. don't understand why you don't see what we see. This movie was horseshit. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I Roger mean, Ebert. Oh, oh Jesus. Alright, so now we, we have to come to the whole point of this thing, and that is to pick which of these two movies moves on in this competition to see what movie is the best horror of all time in our subjective 
um, standpoint. So, do you want to take a break and then we do that? I'd like to pause. Okay. So let's take a break. Yeah, we're going to take a break and then we'll come back. Okay, so we have tallied our scores for both Alien and Sleepaway Camp for the week one battle in the Tournament of Champions. We now must decide who goes on and who goes home. Yeah. So based on our unofficial scoring which may or may not have an actual effect on the outcomes of these alien came in with a total score of 44 and a half and that is based on its scare score its suspense score its acting skill score its plot score and its entertainment value score Sleepaway Camp in those same categories came out to a total of 37, which is way closer than it should be. Uh, in disagree. my own opinion, these two disagree. disagree, but that is where we are at. And if we're going based solely off those scores, Aliens should go forward, but we can do whatever we want here at this podcast. So... Who's going forward, guys? Well, I think it's time that we make our final arguments for these movies. Okay. Well, go ahead, Blaine. Alien was and is, I would say, a a genre-defining movie. It is a classic. It basically birthed the career of Ridley Scott and Sigourney Weaver and was such a, I would say, a disembarkation of what we knew as alien movies at the time. It created a completely new kind of monster that had not existed in cinema up to that point. It was a completely unique monster, a unique story. It was scary. I think the direction was great. The acting was great. We saw that in the scores we gave it on acting. Um, The lighting concerns aside from Jill, I think that was deliberate choice. And in 1979, this blew audiences away. And it has spawned so many sequels, phenomenal sequels like Aliens. And that's it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And, well, it's also, I think, lent itself to a whole nother genre of movies. I think it led to Predator. I think it led to a a new approach to sci-fi horror. And I think it can't be uh, discounted as a horror movie. Um, So... I think based on the acting, the direction, I think the cinematography, I think the uniqueness, the creativity of the movie, I think it needs to go forward over this hell fire piece of shit sleepaway camp. Despite its entertainment value, if we are going on what is the better movie, it's Alien. Alien is the better objective 
objectively better movie. I know this is a subjective tournament, but come on, guys. We know what's the better movie. And that's my final argument for Alien. Now, I'm not going to argue for Sleepaway Camp because I don't think it's a better movie, but it feels unfair for both of you to argue <laughs> Sleepaway Camp because that, that means that it's two against one. So that's what I'm saying for Alien. Go forward. Are you done? I rest my case. Okay. Well, I feel attacked. Um, let me start off by this. Is Alien a great movie? Yes. Alien's a great movie. I have no problem with Alien. I think it definitely changed things. I think it changed sci-fi forever. I think it had one of the most amazing sequels to a movie ever. And I would probably say that Sigourney Weaver, one of the, our great actresses of all time, she has probably one of the best characters in Ridley in movie history. Now, with that being said, I would argue this. When it comes to Sleepaway Camp, this movie is what I like to refer to as a diamond in the rough, people. It is such a great movie. You get character. You get the worst of society. You get murders. You get weird killings. Someone is killed by a bee, which means Angela had to go in the woods, find a fucking bee hive, and hope that it killed this man. There was no guarantee in that, but she did it anyway. There was also no guarantee that she could drown this fully grown man, but she did. Folks, Sleepaway Camp is a movie that needs to be seen more. I feel like society has put this movie down. It has tried to hide it from us, and we found it. We found it. And also, hasn't Alien gotten all the glory it needs? It's on every fucking list. You can imagine everybody talks about Alien, and I think it's time we start talking about Sleepaway Camp. Because this movie is one of our greatest pieces of cinematic artwork. It pulls off some insane things. Did, like, let me just say, strong female characters in this movie. There is not one boob in this movie. They do not go for the cheap thrills. There is not one boob. There is not one woman's ass. Now, there are plenty of male asses. Take that as you will. But this movie does not take advantage of women. Aunt Martha, who we agree is our villain, one of the strongest characters in this. Who does Peter become? Peter becomes a woman. Not his choice by any means, which is child abuse, but anyway, the child molester gets killed. There's Judy, one of our great villainesses of the years. And I have to say at the end of the day, this movie is watchable over and over again. Now that's my final thought on Sleepaway Camp. But I wouldn't add this. Shouldn't it have time to shine like Alien has? No. And I rest my case. <laughs> All right. So I guess now that we've... Obviously, if you haven't guessed, Blaine has chosen Alien. I have chosen Sleepaway Camp. 
So now it falls to the third person in this. Well, I will also oh, Jesus. rebut by saying that our scoring system has Alien seven and a half points ahead of Sleepaway Camp. Based on your scoring systems, and mm-hmm. if I can respond with the the feminist thing. Oh, okay. I mean, it wasn't in your final argument. Go ahead. Oh, I, uh, that's why it's called a rebuttal. Oh, okay. Ripley is one of the earliest and strongest and most badass female lead characters in all of movie cinema. Counselor, I believe I mentioned that in my speech. Just saying. I just wanted to I give re- credit where it's reiterate due. that. But we and also got to acknowledge of all of our murderesses, murderers. In movies, Angela's one of the few. Who we got, Mrs. Voorhees? Angela's a male. I guess so, but <laughs> but still, through the whole movie, we don't know that. Anyway, all right. Continue on. I will. Oh, oh. forfeit. The... No, wait, wait, wait. This is not over. Jill has to make the final decision. No, I'm going to forfeit any of my remaining time to Jillian here. Okay. Well, thank you, Congressman. Next up. (laughs) Jill? I will say that even though Alien happened to get higher scores on our scoring system, for me, all of that is completely irrelevant because Alien is not a horror movie. It doesn't fit into this category. It doesn't fit onto this bracket. It doesn't fit in with any of these other movies. It makes no sense. It is a straight up sci-fi action. I'll maybe give it thriller. It is not a horror movie. I'm not even going to go through the time to break it down because it just doesn't fit in. It doesn't belong on this bracket. But how do we define horror movie? Because our scoring system rated Alien higher in both scares and suspense. So I do not know what is the most important elements in this. My opinion. (laughs) (laughs) And might I add, horror movies have so many faces and so many criteria. It would be hard to name them all. But it is, again, this is Jill's opinion. I have said that I think Alien's a horror movie. You believe it's a horror movie. This is Jill's opinion here. All right. So what's it going to be? If I had to put it into a bucket, it would 100% not be a horror movie. Okay, so what I'm gathering from this conversation is that... Wait, wait, wait. Jill's not done. Sleepaway Camp, on the other hand, is a classic slasher. It's everything you're looking for in a campy 80s horror flick. I think it delivered 100%. And I am just disappointed that I didn't see it sooner. So are you saying it should move forward in this competition? Sleepaway Camp should 100% move forward. Well, there it is, folks. (laughs) Wait, wait, I think we should have an official vote just to make sure it's solid. I think and it's in the book. I think it's been okay. So I'm gonna vote for Sleepaway Camp. That's one for Sleepaway Camp. Blaine. Alien. Okay. <laughs> Jill. By all means, Sleepaway Camp. 
Well, goddamn. All right. You heard it here, people. Sleepaway <laughs> Camp just defeated one of the greatest movies of all time, <laughs> Alien, in the first round of our horror movie tournament, and we'll be moving forward to face the winner of... Our next week's movies. Next week's movies. Which will be... Silence of the Lambs versus The Shining. That is what this sleepaway camp will be facing. (laughs) And And again, I, you know, our announcer appears to be putting down the winner of this, but I I think, like I said before, sleepaway champ, champ, sleepaway (laughs) camp is finally getting its time to shine. And I will just leave you with this parting thought (laughs) that I do not think that we should be voting on these movies based on the time that they have already shined in the spotlight based on how good they are. (laughs) That is ridiculous. But I accept my esteemed colleagues' opinions and we will see you all next week. Bye, everybody. Hello again, friends. Just a reminder, next week we will have a new match between Silence of the Lambs and The Shining. Glenn and I will once again go head-to-head, and we will all give our final judgment on which movie will move on. See you then.